0: Welcome to Talking In Stations, a show about EVE Online. We used to be called a podcast, but I think we've grown past that. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the infamous Red Baron of Bombers, uh, the boat. And we're going to talk about Feast and Famine. What's going on with Delve? Is it being dismantled or have they just begun to fight? And all sorts of things. Of course, the Alliance tournament just ended last week. So it's going to be a great show. Strap in. We have great experts. Let's uh, talk about EVE Online. And uh, first, I want to say hello to uh, Caleb, who's here with us today. Hey, guys. And Elise Randolph. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Sutonia is with us. Hey, everyone. Uh, Hateless also.
1: Hello, guys.
0: And of course, the big red boat in a big red sweater.
2: Hi. (laughs) All right. It's it's kind of funny you mentioned the red sweater because uh, my... uh... Where I teach the school colors are red and silver. So I've got like three red sweaters, got like sports stuff for because I coach. And yeah, so lots of red.
0: All fits in. Who's the guy behind you there?
2: Uh this person. was an image uh someone made for me after I bombed like ish ishtars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's like an image of me.
0: I love it. Well, uh, we're gonna get to bombing. Let's let's actually start right there with the patch day. Um torpedoes got fixed up what did you guys think of that let's have a discussion
3: um maybe a little too much uh they got range as well as application and before their range was really bad uh javelin torpedoes on a bonus boat would reach maybe 60 kilometers now they're going i can get a goal in the reach 137 with javelin it's a little silly and they also have a little bit of an application buff which is not insane but at the same time it makes them viable in comparison to other uh close range platform weapons on battleships, ships which makes them a a very solid choice on missile boats now and they outperform crews more times than not when they're in range that's really fantastic
4: yeah i'm gonna that. the extra range that wasn't in the initial dev blog was it it I was,
1: but they actually increased it. I think they said they were going to increase the flight time or the velocity. They didn't say, but they actually ended up doing both. So the range bonus that they gave it was actually <laughs> double what they said they were going to do.
4: All right. Yeah. Cause that was my main thing when I was looking at this. I was like, oh, this is great. They apply better. But what about the range? Now, the, now the range is like quite, quite good. Um, I was looking at some like fun possible fits and there's like a Tempest option now too. Cause the Tempest has four missile slots. So you can just have a Torp Tempest just chilling. Um, it, looks, it looks really fun. Nice uh, quality of life improvement for Torps, which haven't really ever been a big thing. I know I'm sure some people will be mad that I say that because they're like, oh, I fly Torps all the time. But it hasn't ever really been like a mainline doctrine since uh, Torpedoes did splash damage like 15 years ago. So and
2: Torpedo Ravens.
4: Yeah. Did they have 1,000
5: DPS at 200 kilometers.
4: So yeah, it's yeah, nice to see that possible. Back.
5: Does anyone actually have any idea of why uh, is there yeah, a, a grand plan or is it so just... LOL 10? Yeah, they were trying to nerf bombers, but also
2: buff, uh, but like not nerf the, the, the actual gun class. So torpedoes are like the mainstay of bombers, but they needed to nerf uh, bombers without outright nerfing the, the module that they use for damage. So they buffed torpedoes and then nerfed bombers themselves. So, like the torpedoes, actually, as a side effect, made the Phoenix better. Gave the Phoenix a whole lot more fun. Uh, you'll notice I used one when I killed a a, a Titan and a supercarrier, but we'll to that later. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: I forgot the siege. Sorry. So I I do want to add, in almost all PVE instances, there's one exception before the patch where it uh, will. I'm not going to give any exception, but in almost all PvE instances, crews were superior to torpedoes because of the application, regardless of the size of the target. More often than not before, tor- or, cruise missiles would do more damage and apply better than torpedoes did. Now it is actually true that the closer range weapon is the better applying, better damage dealing weapon system on missile boats, which is, I think, really good for them.
0: So Nick, go ahead.
4: I was gonna say uh, through all of like 2020, CCV has been buffing close range ammo um, and kind of trying to buff brawling yeah. uh, the entire time. So they have like these small battleship buffs, like patch after patch after patch. Tech two damage buffs, t- patch after patch. Missile application buffs after for another patch. Uh, resists uh, nerfed after patches. So they're really trying to push this. We want more stuff exploding. So it does make sense that they never really saw the uptake in torpedo boats, right? So people have been flying more blaster boats um, since the changes and stuff like that. But, you know, I guess they just didn't see it with torpedoes, so they went above and beyond and made them super good. So that's really nice to see. I'm super stoked to, to like, fly around in, like, a Tempest because no one's going to expect it. Yeah, and then... And in, in PvE,
3: uh, what is surprising is uh, the Macario has been regarded as the king of missions for such a long time. And this is almost able to beat out the Macario in several instances in performance, which is astounding uh, to say that a ship can't can compete with the Macario uh, for mission clear time, which is insane uh, because of this application and range buff.
0: Well, you said there, at least, they, they seem to be buffing brawling because a lot of the um wizardry they're doing now has to do with like keeping you in the fight keeping you in the in the uh in the brawl i'm thinking of uh uh, recloning to motherships or super capitals or even the battleship uh, frigate bay like they seem to they seem to want to uh cause the collisions with the ess changes so that people have more reasons to go into fight and to conflict with one another but once you're there they want to keep you there fighting longer
2: I mean, that'd be a nice sentiment and all, but uh, nobody gets to fly battleships because mutants and eagles are like the best ship, period, right now. Uh, well, as evidenced by the other day, there were 900 hacks on the field between both sides, not a well, single no, battleship. No <laughs> one gets to
4: fly battleships in like huge or in like 50 plus scale, right? But when you get down to smaller scale, people are flying battleships all the time, uh, especially if you, you look in high sec, which is, I know, a weird place to look. Um but um, in high tech like, everyone literally everyone's in a battleship. No one's taking anything but a battleship.
2: Well that's like if you look at like okay, well, I'll use snuff as an example here, because they're like, a good example. Uh like when you get to the small scale, like fifty or below, uh if you've got ten guardians or in their case like ten rep legions, you'll never kill a battleship. Like they're just HP is too high. And if the other group doesn't have more than fifty, you just don't have enough to alpha. And if you can't alpha, you're not gonna break through that rep. So yeah, it's cool that they're buffing it for small scale, but uh, they need to make it so that people start using them at big scales because that's, I guess, where you start to to see like the changes, I guess, matter. Maybe. I don't know. They do have,
4: they, I mean, there have been. Uh, so this is the problem, right? Because we have these weird like one off fights or like two off fights that skew the metrics. Uh, and since you are just like looking at the metrics, I feel a lot of the time. So like, oh, look, a thousand Raven died in one fight. We must be <laughs> battleships must be fine. Um, and then no one else uses battleships unless there's like a keep star siege or something like that.
2: You mean like they did with the drone nerf? <laughs> yeah.
0: So Tony, a little more from you there. What did you think of this uh, patch and how does it how does it work in your gameplay?
1: Oh, it's uh, it's pretty nice. I think they definitely overbuffed them though. Uh, Torpedoes are crazy now. Like a a Torbargus can I'll damage a vindicator at zero kilometers now, pretty much. So. It is a bit ridiculous. They did nerf bombers uh, to counteract it, but I think bombers actually got a buff overall because bombers actually have more range than they had before the patch. And in Surgical Strike, the uh, Tech 2 uh, Rage missiles uh, getting buffed on them was also just like a huge uh, buff for them. So I think they're still like... Bombers are probably still too strong, but yeah, I think it's a good change overall, especially since uh, like torpedoes are never going to be useful in like a big fleet situation because it's missile mechanics and... Like close range weapons, so uh, I think it's like one of the things that it's safe for them to kind of overbuff. They're, they're, they're not that fast, um, they're still
3: relatively slow. I think the fastest a uh, torpedo is going to go is 9,000 kilometers a second, reasonably
1: in a few situations, probably slower than that. Yeah, and there's also like how uh, missiles interact with tie dye and that sort of stuff that just makes them uh, too difficult to use in fleet fights. No, yeah. yeah.
5: You keep calling them a, a close-range
1: weapon. Isn't that a little bit off? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they, they hit out to, like, 70 kilometers now, so... Yeah, so, a bit ridiculous. so
3: hold, hold on. Let's compare them to guns. So, if we were to say autocannons are also a close-range weapon, right? So, an autocannon on an unborn ship has a 24-kilometer fall-off. Rage missiles have a similar statistic. Um, they are comparable in range, but... Guns have the advantage of your fall off because fall off range. So if, you're, your range, if your optimal is five and your fall off is 25 at 25 kilometers, you're doing 50% of your damage. You can still hit out another 20 because you have 20 kilometers of fall off. You can literally hit out 25% of your damage all the way out to, wouldn't that be 45 kilometers? So the reach of guns is actually outstanding when you consider in and actually calculate fall off and, and look at that and see what it truly is. They have that huge advantage, whereas missiles have a hard cutoff, and then there's certain mechanics with your navigation that can reduce that range or even change the way that works entirely because your ship is so fast or whatever. And guns have the advantage that they don't have that drawback. That is huge.
1: So that means we need
4: to uh, buff blasters. Hopefully next patch blaster
2: Blaster buff. That would be dope. I think the battleship weapons would be good, in my opinion. I don't think the buff went far enough with the, uh, torpedoes. Just my professional opinion. Like, uh, okay, the, Phoenix, bomber guy. the Phoenix. No, I don't, I don't fly bombers to torpedo, right? Like, cause that's, he's, he's a bomber bomber. Oh yeah. He's bombs. But, um, um, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the Phoenix is still the worst haul dread period. Uh, even though it has a 70 K range, that's still 30 kilometers short than a, a basic rev. um, it's high slots require cap. And so, to like everything, like you don't really have room on a Phoenix to do things, but you can add, add all these damage mods to the bottom, but that still gets you a max range of 70. And you still can't hit a moving frigate. Whereas a Revelation can kill anything at 100 kilometers, even if it's an interceptor going 4K a second. So, the, the Rev need or the, the Phoenix needs more love in terms of the torpedoes. And then uh also on the same scale of like this this gave a buff to Phoenix's, but still puts it's still like number three on dread damage with torpedoes, so it's like while they went uh, I gave it a little bit in order to like a little bit less on the 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 battle or bombers they didn't go far enough. they need more, a lot right. more.
0: You guys seem like you're in, on different spectrums on this. So some people say it's a little too buff. Some people say it wasn't enough. Well, but, but we're talking about the Phoenix now, the Dreadnought. Yeah. So,
3: so I, I just brought up a simulation of a of a meme uh, kind of quad dread that I've used to do solo roams, and it was successful oh. in the past. I'm looking at javelin ammo, and it's going 132 kilometers with some polybolas, of course. But I mean, how that's many do you have?
2: A lot better. Yeah, but how many do you have fit?
3: That's three launchers with one, two, three polybolus and yeah, three of
2: those. Right? So You're giving up all yeah. like your damage, you're giving up low slots that can be used. Like, see the thing is Yes, here's, here's like here's the thing about like the difference between that and say a revelation. A revelation can can do all its tank, still have two damage mods, and then still have room for two tracky computers. Like the Phoenix doesn't really have all that. So if you don't dedicate all those those slots to that, it's still, like, I think it's under 100. But I haven't looked since they they nerfed their edge. I'm just talking about the image application. Like, it's really bad. I'm sorry. It
3: was bad. Uh, The application buff that they got. I I think that they do a lot better than they did in the past after flying everything but the Revelation. So I I haven't flown a Revelation. So I probably don't know too well. But having flown three of the Dreadnoughts, uh, it, it, back to back, literally for a week, I did seven of them in a row. I found the Phoenix to be a fairly enjoyable solo a uh, solo thing to fly. Uh, the thing that it sucked with it is typhoons would sit there and orbit you at seventy-five because they knew you'd only reach to seventy-one, and now you reach to 30, one thirty-seven. Or I just looked again; uh, it's one hundred and or it's seventy-three for Rage torpedoes.
2: That's the that's the point-blank range torpedoes. There's a reason There's a reason I injected Amoros, all fives on Amoros, because I got tired of the phoenix, as much as I love phoenixes. Uh, for example, I dropped my phoenix uh, on those uh, supercarriers. Can we talk about the supercarrier kill? Yeah. Uh,
0: actually, we're going to save it just for a second, if oh, we okay. could finish. Uh, this patch, is there anything else in this patch that you guys thought was uh, pretty good?
1: Well, speaking uh, of the Moros, uh, maybe you right. can talk about this DBRB, but the Moros actually got a bit of a slot change. Uh, CCP yeah, took away one of the mids and old gave old. it an extra low. Yeah, so
2: so they basically took away what made the Moros great. So they, they took away a mid slot and gave it a low slot. So it has the same slot layout as a revelation, but in terms of haws, it has a 45 kilometer less range. Um, without that extra slow slot or that mid slot, you can't fit a web. Or something to like slow ships down that make blaster people to uh, and it needed that really badly because because what happens is like the rev can fit two tracking computers, it can fit a cap booster, and it can fit something else. And then the rev's just going to kill anything with hundred kilometers. The Moros doesn't have that because the Moros doesn't have scorch, uh, and scorch is like the most powerful ammo in the game uh, outside of uh, what is currently using hacks. But I'm just saying it just in general, scorch <laughs> is a really strong close uh close range gunned long range ammo uh it always has been it's the, way people, the reason people flew zealous for so long legions are used for so long this is it it's great tracking everything but when they changed the slot layout of the moros they just made it a cheaper rev, like a shittier rev like there's just nothing good about it now because like the gun damage on a moros is less um the well void tire, but but yeah, no null no is far less. Null no is very far below sports. Let, let me tell you what I did with mine. So I, I've had a um, I had a well up until recently, I just moved it. Uh, I had a Moros logged off for like three months doing things. Um and it wouldn't die. Like it just kept not dying. And then they made that change and I literally had to take off like one of my cool mods that I had in the mids. I think it was like a, an extra point or something. And I had to put on a fourth damage mod because I literally wasn't carrying any extra low slots uh, other than extra damage mods. So now I have four damage mods on this Moros. And that fourth doesn't really do anything. It's like a thousand damage out of like the 20,000 I do. And it's just horrible. It makes me sad. Because like, it, it got rid of what made the Moros actually awesome. And it's the ability to fit a web. Because now I'm not going to fit a web anymore. And that was was, was great about it when you used Hawes. It's like, if anything got within 30 kilometers, it just fucking zapped. And... Like, a little interceptor gangs would show up, and you'd zap them. Now you can't do that with the Moros, and there's no point in flying it. <laughs> so, well, when this one dies, I'm going to have to... Let's, check let's, the let's not
3: forget drifting fits. They depend on the web to keep things behind them.
0: Uh, Vili in chat says the gun damage is now 12% higher.
1: Yeah, that's with a third mag stable or something.
0: Okay, you, yeah. you lose that, that utility mid, so mids can be used
3: for a point, yeah. web, or... Uh, war. And you lose that for low slot, which a low slot can add more tank or more damage yeah. um, generally speaking, you're losing damage application because you lose your eor and so that just sucks and all you can do to kind of mitigate that is put it on a tracking enhancer, which is not as powerful as the web in in any yeah, it's not as powerful as the web and or you can add a little bit of dps with a magnetic field stabilizer and that's yes.
2: on the I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, really tanky, and that extra low is going to make it even more tanky. But uh, the problem with that is is that while yes, it's great, and it's going to be more tanky, uh, that doesn't really do anything. Because at the end of the day, tank requires cap, and you lose that extra mid-slot, so you're losing the utility of maybe a a double cap booster, or maybe a a capital um, cap uh, mod battery thing uh, to stop newts. And 100 bombers with uh, void bombs are still going to kill you just as fast if you have the extra low slot for tank as that you had before. So I just don't see the, like, the point of doing that. Like, it gets rid of uniqueness. I don't like how they do that. They did this like that. That was what's cool about the Naglfar back in the day when it had to split guns. I know people don't like this, but uh, I thought it was really cool that you could do both. I mean, I can understand the training time of it all, but uh, that and when the Moros had drones, I thought that was freaking cool. And I see why they nerfed that, but that was neat. Yeah, when Sage
4: Effect drones, that was some of the dopest
2: Yeah, thing. I think they're getting rid of some of the uniqueness of ships, I and mean,
1: that's what's frustrating, because mm-hmm. right. it just means everyone's going to fly the same thing. Hey, does this make uh, Moros' better at dread bombing now, potentially, or is it still like, trash because you don't have selectable damage type Like, you still going to prefer nags if you're going to go for, like, mean, tech one or something?
2: I, it depends. depends. I personally like dropping a Moros just because I have one, because I thought it was unique. <laughs> but with this change, it's just better to buy a rev. Oh, or if you're damaged, like I guess Nagelfars, yeah, because you get the options, right? Fars uh, give you uh, damage choice, but the Rev is still, I think, better overall in most cases. Because, like, well, for us anyway, because a lot of our enemies fly shield tank, like Rags, Leviathans, um, poop ships, you know,
1: things like that. So in that case, Revs are really awesome. But I guess it depends. Yeah, because a uh, Morris, like an anti-cap Morris now, can do like 16k DPS. So mm-hmm. it's like pretty crazy. <laughs> It's like uh, almost 7, like, old, it's like Red Bull Nags with of DPS with Void. Yeah, it's um, with the fourth
2: uh, damage mod, 17 and a half, ends up being like 1,300 or 1,400 more. Not enough to right. justify it, though.
0: Okay. Uh, so is there anything else in this patch that caught your guys' eye, something that's going to change uh, people's behavior in this last... Uh,
1: So there's a Gryphon Navy issue buff that I guess might be worth mentioning, although it's not really like a a massive thing. What do you think of it? It's kind of interesting. So the Gryphon Navy issue is obviously like a pretty terrible ship after CCP changed uh, the way ECM mechanics work to Taunt because it was basically like a, a 1v1 like trap control ship that would just like jam whatever it was fighting so they couldn't fight back and kill them. And like after CCP made it so you know you can always lock well as ECM ECMing you it obviously lost like the one niche that it had. So what they've done instead is they've given it a very large drone bay. I believe it can have a, it has fifty meters cubed of drones, which is really big for a frigate. I think it actually has like the biggest drone bay of any frigate now. But uh, and it but it has a, a drone penalty on it, like eighty five percent penalty to drone damage. You're not using those drones to do DPS. And it has a bonus to a uh, ECM drone duration. So the ECM drone jams last longer. So the idea of the Griffin Navy issue now is you put a bunch of ECM drones on someone and hopefully you kill them, uh, before, uh, before they can clear your ECM drones, then kill you, which makes a lot more sense. Well, what the ship used to be. And it's also, I think better gameplay than what the ship used to be too, because now, uh, now you can actually fight back instead of being perma by a griffin navy issue. It's more like a, a DPS rush uh, ship, right? Like you can glass cannon your GNI, put your ECM drones, hopefully you can kill the other guy before he can clear out your ECM drones and then kill you. Yeah, it's right. an interesting
3: change. Uh, I, I think that it makes them possibly be used in fleets because if the drones get on and do the, the scram, then they're obviously... Or not the scram, the, uh, the ECM, GM. then they're not going to uh be shot at immediately. Uh whereas before, oh look, the griffin's jamming me. Let me just pop that real quick. You know, now they actually have that. And then the, the 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 ECM duration is an interesting way of buffing it rather than buffing the strength of the jam. Uh it does make it so that they're not more likely to jam you, but they when they do jam you it's just gonna be that much worse.
4: Yeah, it does. I mean, it does give you a path to actually fight it, right? It, it, I, I still think this ship is kind of like the redheaded stepchild that <laughs> CCB doesn't know what to do with, right? They put this ship in uh, because they needed an AVSU frigate before the ECM changes were uh, tweaked, so it was really strong for like a close range jammy brawler guy. Then they changed ECM, made the ship completely useless. Actually, probably the worst ship you could actually fly. And now they're, they're just trying to shoehorn some, some neat little uh, gimmicks here. I, th- I think it's fun, right? Suetonia has a uh, way better read on it than I do, right? So the idea is you throw out the drones and you like, shoot them down. Hopefully you can last before they kill your drones. So it's, a, I don't know, it's neat. It's, it's fun. I don't think people are going to use it all that much. Um, yeah,
3: um, there there is a potential drawback to this. If the ECM fails on the drones, it's going to take them longer to get another attempt in. So maybe the shorter cycle time was better. That's kind of uh, one thought that I had, or one thought that, uh, of course, McLeod reminded me of. But um, of
1: the, I think they the still things, cycle they? the same. I think they still cycle every 20 seconds. It's just when the ECM drones jam you now, they lost to 7.5 seconds instead of five seconds. Have we tested this? If the sub
3: is, or they attempt every five seconds versus every seven and a half seconds?
1: Well, they try to jam you every 20 seconds, but if they do jam you, then you get jammed for five seconds. It's like a CCP nerfed ECM drones like a while back so that they're more used to escape rather than to like win fights. And that's why I, I'm guessing their increased, the 10% increase makes them jam for 7.5 seconds instead of five. Yeah. But they least. still
3: attempt every 20,
1: right? Yeah. So I think they still attempt at the same rate. So assume they'll be a lot more reliable, I guess, because like if you put out ECM drones now, uh, there's like a 10 second period where they could shoot your Griffin Navy issue, even if they didn't clear the drones.
4: Yeah. See, I was gonna say one of the one of the things that you can do is you can uh, put some actual jammers, even though they're not bonused on your Griffin Navy issue. And then if you jam the target that you're shooting, they actually can't lock your drones back. Uh, So you do get kind you can kind of keep them in a a permanent old school jam cycle a little bit, but that's like super super RNG uh, focused.
3: And drones don't have a particularly strong jam either. They're kind of um, easy to counter with the, with the uh, sensor skills. Uh, they don't jam as heavy as modules do. They're, they're not that strong compared to, say, an actual UCM module.
4: Yeah, I mean, you. Can, <laughs> I think people who have been jammed by UCM drones will uh, argue about that. But you're yeah. absolutely right. Like it is, uh, it's like one or something. So it's really, really small on a, on like yeah, uh, it's like a one in twenty chance for a jam if you've got like perfect skills and everything like that yeah. on a destroyer or above.
2: All right, I think Last word. Go ahead. I think that's the problem. Ever since, I mean, a long time ago, is that. Jamming is so useless now outside of, like, hope you get lucky and get away. Like, uh, the thing is, is compared to other ECM, like, if you don't have all fives and, like, jam skills and recons and stuff, it makes the Falcon or, like, the Rook completely useless because uh, if you don't have over 10, it's just not going to jam very well or very frequently. Whereas, like, the other ECM skills, target painting, you know, lock range reduction, things like that are guaranteed just to various degrees. And I think they need to get back to that with ECM. It needs to be like a guaranteed thing for like a set amount of time instead of this chance thing. And then that time is based on skills. So if, if it's a 20 second cooldown on drones, make it so that if you have all fives, it can jam for 15 seconds. Like it can really do some impact. Uh, but if you don't have any skills, maybe it goes for like five seconds, right? And instead of it make it chance based because the game doesn't like chance. It, chance does not work at Eve, never has. Uh, that's why only one little tiny snippet of Eve is chance based. Everything else is guaranteed, just to various degrees, and that's what they need to fix. Um, there's a lot of yeah. chance based things in this game. Well, I mean, loot drops and stuff, but I'm talking like
0: apparently, RNG or the random number generator. Yeah. Like the uh,
2: hope you jam. Hope you don't. I mean, the thing is, is even the calculations are so weird. The 13 jam strength. Uh, there's so many ships now that their jam like resistance is so insanely high or can be made insanely high that it's almost impossible to jam them. And even then sometimes you'll get frustrated because I've flown a Falcon for 12 years now. And since I could fly one and even before that, it was a blackbird. And like, even like compared to back then for like four or five years, the jam strength was reliable. Um, even when you're, even if your ship could get shot like it does now, that would still be reliable enough to like take. Can we just admit that the old system was incredibly toxic for small games oh, and yeah. solo players? That would be amazing. I used to fly small game PvP in a group called Black Ops. It was like the best yeah. thing ever. Well, you could rely yeah,
3: on it. it. It sucked to be on the receiving end of that, and it yeah.
2: absolutely killed flights and made it not fun to fly solo. Get back to that. <laughs> well, All right. Right. Uh, okay. all right. Combat rooks, look, I, I I used to like I have them in Jeter right now. Faction fit, like with faction missile launchers, faction lows, rooks that are specifically designed for solo pvp, and I haven't undocked them in eight years. Okay, they're not gonna get undocked, they're just stuck there. There's three of them. They're never gonna undock because they are complete garbage.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> one one, one last thing uh on this uh this patch that came out earlier this week, there has been an update to the patch that was interesting. And it is for uh, this black Friday, they have a sale inside of the game, which is uh, interesting. A little meta there. So the market has a temporary reduction of 50% on sales tax for regional markets. And the sales tax is down to 2.5% or set to 2.5% down from 5%. So it's there. They're giving you a chance to sell things uh, up until tomorrow. I think or everything on
3: sale and Eve Online. Don't forget to buy your sable skins because they're freaking awesome. Okay?
0: Yeah, uh, and they, this goes with the a real life sale of uh, fifteen dollars off uh, Plex, actually. But usually the higher Plex groups and those uh, come with some specialized skins that can only be purchased there. So, uh, but you're going to be spending uh, really. $280 to $500 ish or $400 to get, get the good stuff, I think. So
3: okay. do, you, do you want to break that down really quick? Uh, cause I've done a lot of homework on this. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. So, uh, the Garmer skin is available in the, uh, the, the base pack is normally priced a hundred dollars and it is, uh, for, I can't remember the exact amount of plex, but it's a hundred dollar price of plex is, uh, seventy-four ninety-nine. And it's coming with the Garmer skin. And then the next step up, the $212 pack, is giving the Belgorn and uh, I can't remember which skin it is now. But it's giving the Belgorn skin and one other skin, uh, as well as the Garmer skin. And that one is normally the $250 pack price. (laughs) And then the big mega super pack that's normally $500 is $420 right now. And that one uh, gives you a Leviathan skin and an Obelisk skin, as well as the, the other one, as, as well as the, the previous three skins that I'd mentioned. And then uh, when you use the Plex to buy multiple trading character uh, skins or multiple character trading things, you get a Stradio skin. Uh, and then when you use the Plex to Plex your account to get another month of game time, you get the rattlesnake skin so that's how all the skins are generated i'm not sure if they're going to come back into the game at at, at another time but a small hint on that is that there's a date on the on the description which indicates that there's there's a far less chance that they'll be reintroduced to the game now right now in the market they're extremely cheap you can buy them for what they cost to get into the game they're extremely cheap they're buy them up guys
0: Now's the time so rare skins are being dumped on the market for isk and it's a good time to buy those up uh, is your advice correct? Yeah, um,
3: I've already been buying them up. I may have skin this game and I might be biased. <laughs>
0: oh, <No. laughs> nice fun! All right, uh, r- real quick, we have a guest uh, that's jumped in, and this is a good friend of mine from years back, a very, very well known player to uh, people who read about EVE Online. I would like to say hello to Niden from Crossing Zebras. He was the editor there for many years. How are you doing, Naiden? I'm trying to figure out how my push-to-talk works in Discord. It's usually mapped to a mouse, uh, usually, but oh. not always. How are you doing, man?
6: Yeah, me now. Oh, man, look. What, first thing, I walk into this room, yeah? And it's like a time machine. It's like the same people. I know most of you still. And this is like, wow, like... It's just the same people, nothing changes. Yeah, there's some, I been mean, I've been reading up on what's been happening in EVE, right? So there's a lot been happening since I was here last with two and a half years ago. So there's a lot of that, but it's the same people, man.
0: It's so weird. Is it a nightmare? Is it a nightmare of sorts?
6: No, it's good because, you know, I was kind of, I made the horrible mistake of playing another space game. So I bought like one of the Mass Effect games Mm -hmm. because everybody had been raving about that for years and i thought i'll give that a shot and then it was space and it was spaceships and man i got thinking about eve again and i couldn't stop i I really tried to stop and i also have this friend this uh, friend at work and he's also an old Eve player he hasn't touched eve for 10 years yeah And then we started talking about it, and I knew, like, when we started talking about it, it was too late. I was fucked already. It was good. Now we're both back. And he's, oh, it's so much fun. And he has not, he's like, he's not seen Eve for 10 years, so I'm kind of rusty. But he's like, what's going on? How do I move my stuff? It's all in null. Holy shit. It's a different game. Well, it's different, but it's the same. <laughs> I mean, you know, you us old-timers reminiscing about, you know, back in the day, and we didn't get any help and all that stuff. The usual vet talk, you know, how it usually sounds, right? Sure.
0: Um, is he in snuff with you, or you? You went back to snuff, right?
6: No, fuck no, dude. I'm not doing like <laughs> three o'clock pings ever again. I'm not sitting on, on my, in my Titan in six hours and for no, no reason. I'm Fuck caps, you know, fuck supers, fuck all that shit. I'm going back to my old life. I'm already in kills and I'm just flying cheap T1 shit just while I'm learning the game. But, you know, I'm... The only the only reason I'm even going to uh, fly that Titan is, is to have it just sit there and be a, a portal. And that's it. Man, I'm not flying caps again. Forget just that to bridge
0: you around. OK, so where are you in the game? Are you in uh, high sec or uh, Nelsec? No sec? What are you doing?
6: Uh, back to my roots, man. I'm in low sec. I intend to stay there. Nice. Just small gang stuff. That's what I want to do. And I'm, I already found a corpse. So I've got this old mate of mine. Actually, the guy who got me to start playing EVE back in 2005, he's back, and he got me back in as well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people coming back. It's not just for the war, I, I, guess, uh, I guess. I was
6: just going to say, like, one of, one of the topics I've, I was ex- I'm kind of was expecting was already discussed to death, and, I'm, and maybe it is, you guys can tell me, but, like, the effect of the pandemic on, on the numbers. I saw an interview with Hilmar, like, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was and they're seeing you know, like people are coming back to Eve because obviously they're sitting at home have nothing better to do right
5: but it's going to be good times for Eve, right is it yeah we got a, a nice almost what 15-20% bump I'd say um, of course it had other factors as well but definitely we saw the effect from, uh, from the quarantine
3: I, I honestly think that this game's in the best state it has been since I started playing it you are
2: crazy The <laughs> pretty <laughs> what ever you, you play, dude? <laughs> like, we're about to go to the worst state that's ever been in since the game was founded. Oh,
0: we're going to talk about that next, actually. Feast or Famine. Uh, let's, uh, okay, Night and welcome back. It's good to have you back. Hang out with us. Let's have some discussions here about uh, the drone change that's been presented because this leads into Feast or Famine, which is a favorite topic of Caleb there. Uh, but first, the drone change. What is going to change with the drones, Elise? All right, so um, before, in the before times,
4: uh, which was like two days ago, um, your drones, <laughs> well, if you I set them to... The before
1: time. I
6: before I literally say back in my day because I get to say that a lot nowadays.
4: <laughs> exactly. So, and actually, I'm probably wrong here. It, it probably hasn't come in yet, right? I haven't... No, it's drones.
7: Yeah, it's not there yet.
4: So we're still in the before times. If you're listening to this next week, then before times. But so drones, if you set them to aggr- aggressive, they will continue to attack NPCs um, and other PvP ships or and other player ships that, you know, once you in, initiate that order. Um, what is changing is CCP are making it so for each and every target for when you're PvEing, so killing NPCs, uh, you will have to re-aggro on the, the target that you want. So days are gone uh, where the drones will just go out and clear everything for you the people were like, oh, what is the implication of this? Is this for botting? This is absolutely not for botting. (laughs) This is for people who like go out in a Gila or a Vex or Navy issue, um, go out to their favorite anomaly, throw out drones, and then go watch Netflix or something and hope they don't get killed. Uh, So drones are now more active. It brings them more in line with other weapon systems where you don't really have the ability to automatically do anything with the exception of Uh, friend or foe missiles. So maybe that's going to be the new thing that they're going to nerf. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so (laughs) as you can imagine, uh, a lot of very passionate people on both sides of this. It's probably more heavily favored to the why are you doing this? Why CCP camp? But there's just a ton of people also saying, oh, it's about time. I hate drones. (laughs) Drones are the worst. Uh, So yeah, a, a lot of very passionate people about this one change. I think the one thing that probably sticks out truer than most is why are you doing this now why are you just hating me over and over and over again when i'm
2: trying to make money ccp it's the one after the other thing i think is the way merkelchen worded it it's like uh the drone thing like the reason that people fly Myrmidons, if extra navy issues and stuff like that is when you're trying to pve in this game i would say this game It's about a race to the bottom. There's always a joke about Feroxes and high stack is the race to the bottom. It's whatever ship can do the most damage and be the cheapest to replace. Because even if you're at your keyboard, even if you're fully paying attention, writing is so unbelievably boring that even in a super carrier that can clear anomalies in two minutes, it's so boring (laughs) that you just, you, you literally, your mind like slips away and you will lose ships. I've lost carriers just like ratting just for the hell of it because I was so bored. It was so dumb. Uh, and that's the problem with Eve is there's no engaging PvE content for like actual like damage ships. <laughs> I mean, so what ends up happening is it becomes boring. So you try to find a way to make it as automated as possible so that you can take your mind off of ratting and do something engaging and fun. For example, back in the old Delvor, I would have like a ratting ship that was AFK ratting like a, I think it was a Dominix, and I was actively, FC have the fights. I didn't have to pay attention to the dummy, but every 30 minutes and I would move it, right? And I know as a game developer, they don't like that, but that was 10 years ago and they still haven't changed PVE in any way, shape or form. Uh, yeah, with I the
4: exception of, they actually have kind of changed it, right? They've yeah. added new PVE elements. But, uh, okay, like the Abyss.
2: Okay, okay, even, all right, look, let me give an example. All right, the high sec missions you could do in bombers, like high sec, low sec ones, where you could run around with a bomber and do like 40 different missions. You're really talking fast. about faction warfare, yes. Yeah, faction warfare once. Even when that was making, like some goons were saying they were making 300 to 400 million an hour. That was so boring to me that I, it wasn't worth the money, right? Like, it's just. Uh,
0: I just want to remind people that engineering these programs constantly, always is McLeod, and uh, he wants to chime in on this subject too. So if you hear him coming in, that's McLeod. Uh, and we have Niden back here too as well uh good restraint there by the way hateless i thought you were going to jump out of your screen and reach up and
2: <laughs> jump in the boats but what i meant He's, to go with go with it's right, really helpful yeah, sorry where i meant to go with this is like is like if you had it in engaging like i there's a lot of people i talk to and i have the same sentiment is i play eve for pvp and i go play other games for pve right because they're more engaging like uh for example a game path of exile It's it's a race to the top in the sense that the more gear you have and the better more money you spend in the game, the more higher end the P V E content gets and the more valuable it gets. So it's kind of like this race up like a, almost like a uh what do they call that? A uh, exponential curve, as the more you get, the more you spend and so on. And Eve has this unique thing is if it did that, you'd have people risking thirty billion plus to get that top end content. And so thus they could be dying in that thirty billion. It's Yeah, like super carry ratting. But see, here's the thing. You know, this change does one thing and one thing only. It buffs bots. Because bots don't, they don't like just work to a site and let the drones go. They literally lock every target because a bot is as efficient as humanly possible. Even inhumanely. So like a ratting hell is literally going to clear a site in a minute, 30 seconds. It's a minute, 30 seconds. It's exactly a minute, 30 seconds because that's the fastest the game will let you go. They'll clear the site and they'll be on to the next one because they can do that. Is, is so this so, bot,
0: so this nerfs uh, bot aspirant
2: players
7: so
3: if, if, want to if afk yeah but if if we look at it this way so less people
2: afk in stars won't this flush out bots no because bots think still use stars bots still use stars and vnis and gells yeah. because they're the best at what they do this doesn't change that because a bot still locks every single target. A bot's going to yeah. go down and write all seven on grade and tell the drones. Don't do this efficiently. Don't. No, humans don't. But that's the point. That's the whole thing here is that a bot still does it. This change will not affect bots at all. It actually hurts humans more because. Well, yeah. Less. No, it, it, it definitely humans, hurts
5: humans more.
3: And I think right. that it's, it's a change it to get players. Actually paying attention to the game while no, they're playing. Sure awesome. you yeah. you know, I have to pay attention to the game to make it. So I, I I have to actually play the game to make profit. Oh dear, this is this is oh, terrible. I don't I, don't.
2: I haven't PvP. I haven't PVE in years because every time I get excited to do something, for example, oracles, I got real excited to use them, but then it got to a point where using a single oracle is not profitable. To give you some numbers, if you AFK ratted in a VNI, just one VNI. You're making the equivalent of $4,000 a year. If you were to AFK rat for 10 hours a day, because you still have to work to the side, you still have to like manage it. A bot doing that doubles. Okay. And so someone did the math once. I think his name was Tibbers. He's just really like math numbers person and goons for a very long time. And he's one of the super cap FCs. He, he, he did the numbers once. And it was like back in the day when carriers could like AFK rat with drones, it was nine carriers to equal a thirty-five thousand dollars salary. If you were to take all that money and RMT it, so that's how much AFKing you had to do. But a mm-hmm. bot can do that with one or two characters. Like bots don't have breaks; they don't have stops. Uh, all right, we
1: got it. Uh, Sotonia, what sorry, do you? Sorry, sorry.
0: It's alright. It's good. We want this. Suttonia, uh, what do you think of this uh, drones change from your perspective?
1: Oh, I, I'm kind of mixed on it too. Like, I, I do think that you know the. The content in Nosec has been nerfed for the past year, and a lot of the content is kind of stale because they haven't changed the combat anomalies or like rebalanced anything for Nosec. Like all of the like new shiny PVE stuff is in Triglavian space, or it's it like the Abyssal content. Like all of that PVE content is pretty good. Like Nosec hasn't really changed. I do think this is more of a nerf to multi boxes than it is to like actual real players, though. Because it's a lot harder, like you said, about uh, with the raw calls, right? Like the reason why using a single raw call sucked is because tons of people were using 20 raw calls. And what this uh, nerfs, right, is it stops you from using like four or five Ishtar's at a time. It's a lot harder for you to do that. Whereas like just using one is still probably fine or like swapping over to like a more traditional PVE ship. So I actually think it will end up buffing solo players a little bit, like one account players, I mean because uh, there's going to be less ISK generated in general if multiboxes stop running uh, drone farms, or, or they'll swap to something else, but they'll probably end up making less ISK overall or it'll be more difficult for them. And then also, if those guys aren't Plexing their drone farms, or it's going to make the demand of Plex fall as well. Uh, so it'll make Plex easier to afford, and if you're just one guy running sites in a Tengu or something, you're, you're going to be making more, and it'll probably cost you like, slightly less to Plex your account. So, I, I do think it's like a bit of a, a buff to like active uh, solo account PVE is. Yeah, but I only ever solo count PVE. Like, from my perspective for the last 12 years,
2: if I ever did PVE, which is very rare um, because I get my money through other ways, but like if I ever do PVE, it's always okay, what's the meta now for PVE? Like I, would, I would go buy that ship and I would skill into that ship and I would go try it for a little bit and then decide if it was worth it or not. And every time I would go and try it, it would then get nerfed in some way, uh, just enough that a solo person would go, okay, this is not worth my time. And then they would have to find something else. And this is literally what change does. Yeah.
6: Now, yeah aren't, aren't we like, um, I, I'm not that anymore, I guess, but aren't media people, like even so-called media people, the worst at talking about PVE? Because literally none of us do it. Because like you said, making money by other means, like i have not, I'm not, Fucking PVE in a decade. I have no idea how it works. I have no
5: clue whatsoever. Well,
0: that's why we have a PVE expert uh, like Hateless here to kind of cover that. Uh, the uh, The host side, the host yeah. needs to stay out of the way of the experts. That's what I'm trying to do is dodge these guys. Uh, and you know, it's, the, cats it's the one
6: guy I don't recognize. That's the guy you pulled in here yeah. to talk about PVE. We
0: call him the <laughs> Mozart. <laughs> he's, Hateless is the Mozart of missions. We call him because he's so uh, incredibly good at it. Um, but uh, Caleb, this, this uh, has I have another related
6: question, though. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just real quick, because um, yeah. I don't know who, how CCP are doing this nowadays. And I, I know I was like to catch up on Eve. I've been listening to a podcast called uh, Less Than 10 or whatever, which is really good, by the way. Uh, and they had Rise on there. It was about a year ago. I was listening to an older ep- episode. And there was this new team that are doing balancing, but they're just doing balancing for PvP, right? Are they like doing anything extra for the PV side of balancing? I Have a special don't. team for it because they've always had issues with like keeping a team alive and protected from the big projects in the company that can focus on on rebalancing stuff because they always get pulled uh, into. At least, can
0: you bring him up this the the next big thing? Elise. You know, because At least probably has the best vision into this. Uh, actually, Sutoni so is probably the best because he's
4: oh, uh, right. he was on the C- uh, CSM lately. Uh, um, he's not on CSM now, but he was on the CSM previously. So he probably has a little bit more insight on how the teams work. Um, I have honestly no idea. It seems to be more of a holistic approach where, hey, we're going to tweak this ecosystem. Guys, will buff up parts of something. And then uh, the Rise and his his team will
0: buff other stuff. But it's I think to bring you up to speed, night and, and Sutonia, you can jump in if I get this wrong, is the overall what happened a year ago was they decided they were going to try to do some drastic measures to, to churn the turnover of people in EVE Online so they could have newer faces coming up, that sort of stuff, uh, to the dynamics of stuff. They try to do it with this blanket blackout that basically was uh, turn off the lights and nullsec. It's something that people have always wanted or said they wanted. And then when it happened, uh, the dr- it was too dramatic. And at the same time, uh, WoW was kicking up. So they lost some players, I'm sure. But really, a lot of people got upset about it. But other people were really fascinated with that idea. So they said, that's too much. That's too oppressive. We'll bring that back and put a dedicated team and really back them from the executive level. So you saw uh, Hilmar really saying, yeah, we're going to put Rise uh, in this position to do balance. And it's not just balance of PVP. It's balance of ships, balance of economy, balance of scarcity. And we've fallen into... And then they put... Um, Oh, Caleb, what's his name? Ratati, uh, who is from Dust. They put him in charge of the entire group. And he's in charge of the ecosystem of EVE Online now. So they have a team that's doing like uh, a lot of fixing of the early part of the game and cleaning up places where people get stuck and fall out of the game. That's one group. And uh, they have a different group that's doing just uh, balance passes and rebalance passes that have to do with economy, with scarcity of mining, with... um, uh with everything that has to do with balancing the game to keep it in in a healthy state so those are the two really drivers of of what they're doing uh so tony is there more specific
1: Uh, i think the teams are different to uh what they were when i was on the csm which was two years ago but yeah the team talos which is rise that you mentioned is sort of like a smaller team i think it's two two game developers on it, it was, was like a few other people and they're just trying to do their like, changes like every two to four weeks or so. And they've done a really good job the last year.
0: Yeah, their cadence is way up on balance changes. They have a quarterly,
6: so they
1: do I four. He, like, he mentioned,
6: episodes. he, he mentioned like they were doing, they were actually pushing, they were, he mentioned they were pushing stuff to production after every sprint. So they would have a two week sprint, push to production and the, thing, and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and it would be like a thing that was rolling all the time. And I expect, like, just reading the, the notes for today's show, like drone changes, for example, that's something I kind of expect was coming out of that team. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, so yeah. that's 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 Team Talos' team. So they, they do rapid, quick changes. They're, they're small, minor adjustments where we have the quarterly updates, which are the larger adjustments. So we have two teams that are working on developing the game. and And the smaller, quick one is to respond to... Uh, things being broken or things being way out of place. And Talos is always looking for little improvements that can be made so that they don't get overpassed in in the larger quarterly updates. Oh, this little thing that happened or that, that we wanted to change never ended up happening because this big project came up. That's Team Talus's purpose.
4: And yeah. that's why they exist. Yeah. One of the the big things yeah. in the last 18 months, like we're talking about a big high-level idea that CCB has, and this comes, I think, from CCP Burger, um, is the idea that CCB can just tinker with stuff to see what happens, just flip some switches, make some little sprinkles here and there and just don't be afraid uh, of what, what happens, just to, just to see what happens to get data. Um, obviously, <laughs> there are levels that they're more willing to do and less willing to do. Right. So Blackout, probably not going to do something that level or that drastic again, uh, but they're very much of the mindset of, hey, we can just tinker with stuff. Uh, to see what see what happens. And I think you you can actually just see how pervasive this idea is um, down to every level of CCP right now when uh, last week CCB had uh, a tech show where they were talking about like how they're doing with their hardware uh, and software stuff, like the actual back end of Eve. and I think it was CCB paradox. I was like, yeah, um, we just decided to turn bounties off uh, just to see that what would happen because that's just like an idea that CCB has had. So you can just see, um, how that concept uh, is just permeating through CZP as, as a developer right now. Uh,
6: I just think that's awesome. I think it's yeah, really yeah. the right way to do it.
0: I know. This is meant for you and your type of gameplay, night. And So it, it, you kind of come back at a time where the game is really uh, paying a lot of attention to some of the issues that you might have really cared about. You being a low-sec player, smaller groups, uh, a lot more combat, and that kind of stuff. So... But at the same time, you have this amazing growth, explosive growth in high sec for mining because that's where mining is gone, but also for uh, missioning because there's this whole science fiction Triglavian uh, narrative that's going on where they basically punched holes in the map and made an entire region. So it's kind of like an, uh, an underground. So there's a lot going on that, uh, that yeah yeah. Like,
6: okay mate uh, before i was looking through all that all that stuff but the the, the main thing that, that that i thought was like i was a lot a lot to get through but then somebody told me about filaments and i i thought this is the best idea i've ever had in my life yeah be really and rise
0: is. and uh, who's the programmer with rise uh oh, I, I think it's going to be cognac no it's a different programmer young, young ambitious guy um but anyway, those guys came up with it. So Rise is, you know, he's a good theory crafter and uh, developer, um, especially for people like you, I think. I think you even arm wrestled
6: um, <laughs> at FanFest. Am I wrong about that? Oh, yeah. Shit, we did. I forgot about that. God uh, damn it. Yeah. I so crushed him. It was so good. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. Well, Elise was there. Elise was the witness to this, I think. I was. Um,
0: oh shoot was that did i blow my source there oh no 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 all right good well i heard i heard this because this story has to be told in public so we're gonna tell it right now uh, at least i'll give you a chance to say it if not i'll say it real quick no no you, what you go for you probably have more grandeur i've got boomer brain so <laughs> all right so uh, uh mclean is this giant giant player right he's like six feet tall and he's he's built like a tank and so uh uh, and he's killing everybody, arm wrestling. And so Rise comes up and says, I'll take you on. And Rise, who's a lot smaller, arm wrestles McLean and wins. And, and it's like, oh my God, uh, Rise is super strong. And then Niden steps up. I think you're even smaller. I'm not sure. And you arm wrestle a CCP Rise and you beat him. And so it really is like, you know, little fish eating the bigger fish. It's very unusual for that to happen. So that was kind of <laughs> neat.
6: It was fucking neat. Yeah, I remember about two hours after that happened, we got rise really drunk. And then he, you know, like, each player's tend to find him terrifying because he has all these really weird ideas that scares a lot of people. But I can tell you, after six beers, they get really scary. And we were four people listening to him. I think at a table, and we were shaking our boots with all the crazy shit he was coming up with. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to ruin this, I'm going to throw this away. And this is shit. We're just going to change all of that, and you you lose all this shit. We won't well, know. It was so good. They've given him really, way. They've given him way
0: too much access to the dials uh, in, in Eve right now. So he's at work in his uh, laboratory. Uh, doing some stuff. Yeah. And he's an intimidating guy. Even he, He's intimidating to interview, which is kind of funny.
6: Okay, so... I think uh, he's awesome. He's, he's probably the best. I mean, of all the devs, I really like a lot of the devs, but just getting the Eve that I fell in love with, that I still am in love with for, you know, reasons. He's the guy I think that gets it the most. And that's why I'm really happy that Team Toss not only was created, but still exist and are still doing what they're supposed to be doing.
0: Yes. And, and they're up front in this. They're, they're getting a lot of, uh, developments. I don't know. Backing, I guess is the way to put it. Okay. But this leads to a bigger problem, Boat. I think this is what makes you unhappy, um, with these changes. You're saying, yeah, this is like, you know, Eve's in a worst state ever. Uh, Caleb, I want to rope you into this as well. Let's talk about, uh, scarcity and how it's going for, uh, the players especially in Nulsec.
2: so i've only been looking at like the last week but uh in terms of like how people are responding csm members are responding and and the whole overall like ccp plan and i can understand what ccp is trying to do but they're doing it one after the other without any positive interjection so like they're constantly trying to do the scarcity model where they're limiting resources and moving things around and then change is fine. But then when they add the drone thing and then they add, um, all these like little details, it's like the work, like piling things on uh, to the point of. They, they just gave us ESS, which is arguably absolutely fantastic. For small, like one to 10 man game groups. Yes. Cause like I see Asher go out and do like little fleets to hit ESSs. But you're not gonna have on a on a grand scale of Eve, over fifty people aren't gonna go on an op just to kill like or do an ESS, right? Like you're so, not gonna see. So what's what's, what's 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 better for Eve online?
3: Let, let me just ask you this. What is better for Eve Online? Is it to have a hundred or a thousand fifteen twenty-man Rome roams going around or five to ten fifty man roams going around? Like what 10, 50 man You you think the five to 10 50 like, man I, roams I, like, automatically I like- Going around I, regions, shutting the smaller rooms down, and killing
2: that entire playstyle is good for the game. So here's here's how zero zero works. I don't know about osec much anymore because I haven't done it in two three years. But in terms of zero zero zero, is zero is vast. You could take a fleet of fifty man gang. You could travel from Delve, go north through Fountain, up into the towards like Branch. Yeah, and
1: they'll
3: run into nothing because there's nobody else right. out there.
2: But the thing is, is when you have a thriving Eve. Null sec economy where you have people out there mining, ratting, and making income in a vast region. You can end up in a situation where, the like, let me give you an example. When even it's in its heyday of PVE, okay, this is what I used to do. I would literally go, okay, we're going to go roaming. I would literally fly to Bob's space. And I say this is the heyday because, like, there was a lot of people in zero zero. Hey, Bob. You would fly to Bob's space. Uh, bombs, you yeah. would fly around in their space for 30 minutes and get zero content because it took them 30 minutes to form up. And then they'd form up and chase you off and you'd fight. Right. And you knew the second you entered their space, they would start forming up and they would defend their space because they wanted to defend their riders and minors. Uh Even like uh, when FCon mattered uh, in the PVE scale, when they owned a region, uh you could at least, like, you would be able to tackle a Oracle or super of theirs, and they would form up and defend it. Eve 00 Now is, I like to think of the, uh, you can almost think of like a, a post apocalyptic movie or a game where, yeah, you'll see a super carrier riding somewhere, but there's one of two reasons that super carrier is there. Either his alliance doesn't know about it and he's trying to make money in private and secret, or he's, out of his damn mind. And so that, that is so rare outside of bots or excluding bots where you see like 13 in one system. Uh, it's rare because that person, in that super carrier knows he's not going to get saved. He's not, no one's going to come to his rescue. And because you have that thought process of, hey, if you take your super carrier out, you're going to lose it. That, that, that means nobody forms defense gangs, which means that small 20 men roaming gang isn't going to see as many of those as they would have seen in Delve before. They would have seen in Test Space before. People hate on umbrellas, but umbrellas mean that somebody's dropping supers. Somebody's um, dropping carriers. Somebody's choosing off, I'm like, sorry? They're, they're,
3: there's no reason to go out if you're just going to die. If you're going to get a fight that's 50 to 1, there's no reason to go out. Like, sure. Why should I I go go
2: out that's okay, solo PvP, you're right. But I'm talking about... Okay, fifty uh, to five. We're talking about the scarcity effect on zero zero, right? And zero zero is not solo PVP. It's not little ten man gigs. It's not. Let's be honest. Too many Eve. Too much of Eve is clumped up into like little alliances and stuff. Even before this war, uh, I, I saw a comment yesterday, and this was absolutely hilarious. Okay, it was a red versus blue gang of like twenty guys or maybe more. They came into T five Zi through a filament. They started wrecking Horde gate campers. They killed like 20 ships. They were just slaughtering dudes. And a guy in local that was a Horde FC goes, wait, why are you helping the goons? And it's like, no, we're just here to PVP because we came through a filament, dude. Like, what the hell are you smoking? But it's that mentality of either you're with us or against us right now in EVE. But you take that <laughs> the scarcity. The,
0: the Imperium doesn't know anything about that.
2: Oh, well, no, because in the end of the day, it's what, 15, <laughs> No, I
0: mean, no, no, they, no, no. We did, I heard we heard we did numbers. It's okay, I two heard. to one. It's a little more than two to okay, one. Okay, but, yeah. say, okay, but, but outnumbered, like, for sure.
2: Let, let's say it's two to one. I had a Horde FC yesterday say, guys, we lost to Ritaro, even though we had 1,300 in local, but we managed to kill 100 destroyers, so we won the fight. What? Like, it, uh, anyways, besides what, that, but here's what scarcity is a problem. When you have scarcity, mixed with the fact that 0 is zero, so um, less dense in population, you're not going to get anything. Like, you're going to take that 50 man gang roaming and you're going to kill nothing. You're not going to find shit because by the time you go to find that guy that's 30 systems deep in someone's space, he spotted you 30 jumps ago. He is safe. He's in a retard. He's logged. He's gone. Even the five minute PVE timer that they added to make it so you could catch carriers if they control queued, because that was when they added that a few years back, uh, that doesn't matter anymore because you'll never get there in time.
0: All right, we're going to throw everything into this hodgepodge now. We're going to talk about scarcity, but we're also going to talk about politics and your bombing run, of course, uh, that came up. So let's talk about combat, delve, the war, and scarcity and how it's, uh, it's affecting everything. So I, everything's on the table here.
2: I found Razor yesterday, or a couple days ago. That was pretty fun.
0: <laughs> they're, actually, they're actually doing all
2: right. Uh, yeah, you, to, yeah I, you found them before you bombed them, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. 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 so I was trying to bomb, like, the Eagle Fleet. And I pressed the wrong button. And like, wait, the, where for, start us out. Where was this? And okay, what were okay, you doing? So T5, T5Z, I uh, T5ZI had a final timer for a faction for come out. And so they formed up like, which was kind of small. They only had like 200 carriers and supers so a small number of those to put drones on it, to pause it. And then they had, of course, their subcaps. Uh, and I was going to do Cormorants until I realized the timer. And we were just kind of dicking around and having fun in Cormorants. Um, and then I realized that oh, they're gonna all warp over to this thing. So I had all the Kermits make me like little perches, and we even got 60 bombers, and we we're gonna blow up the Eagles because 60 bombers can blow up Eagles now. Uh, if you know what you're doing. Uh, and so when the Eagles warped in, they all warped in a nice ball in a nice wonderful spot. But my uh probe results fucked up, and so it took us like 10 extra seconds. So we only killed like 10 Eagles and like five Bazzies, right? So we didn't kill the whole fleet. Well, by that point, they saw us bomb, so everybody warps over. Uh, except for Razor, because Razor and Xx, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. But one of the old ways to shoot citadels is you would ball up and then you would orbit the thing and keep up a nice transversal, and maybe the ball, uh, maybe you don't get uh, hit as hard, you know, by the, the citadel. And so they would orbit. Well, you had the like sixty man Razor gang following their FC in a nice little train, but not really thinking for themselves. So I just had the citadel gunner web the FC. And he just stopped, and their whole fleet bunched up in a nice ball. And then sixty bombers appeared, and they every so shot I heard,
0: I heard cut. your timing was impeccable. Like first, like the void bombs came in, yeah, hit, yeah, so, wiped
2: out. So you actually time it better now. So nowadays you don't warp. Like it used to be, you warp a Dictor first, then the bombers. But now you warp the bombers first. As the void bombers are launched, the Dictor bubble goes up. The void bombs wipe out all their caps, so they can't adc because hacks don't work without an ADC anymore uh, and then the bombs hit and then they just died and then we tried to do it again on our, th- our fourth bombing run we tried to set up a trap at the station but for some reason I had, like got uncloaked and so I wasn't there so I just told everyone to bomb and PL warped their munins in into like the trap and laid it perfectly flush with where the bombs were going to go uh, but we had EM bombs instead of uh shrapnel because they're in munins so we would have wiped them all out too. But and it was like 100 ships uh PL and NC, but we had the wrong bomb type. So we only killed like everything that wasn't a mutant <laughs> and all the mutants were like in armor. So it was like so close with that many bombers. But yeah, and they bombers, were- bombers are king now. You could kill any ship in the game now except yeah. for maybe T3s.
0: And that's something that you've been experienced with for a long, long time. This is what's interesting to me over the last uh, few days. Is you Imperium has made some really cool victories. Your bombing run was one of them. The guy uh, on the other side of it was like super impressed with how well-timed it was and how precise it was. <laughs> oh, let, me, let me get through this. So okay. the, the thing is, Imperium has had a lot of good things to talk about. Not only did they knock out uh, an iHub that was, um, you know, being launched inside of a Keepstar system. They reset that one. Um, but they've also uh what were some of their victories here? They also killed a revenant,
2: a Leviathan oh, yeah. so, in so, so here's a funny little thing before we get to the revenant thing, because that's really cool. And I can tell you a cool story about that because I was there. Um so I was FC and the other day because I was bored. And I was like, oh I'm gonna shoot a structure because I am a teacher and right now all the teachers are home teaching from home. So I have all this like a kind of extra time. And it was Thanksgiving break. So teachers get a week off. And so I was doing Feroxes. I was changing structures. And one of the NCFCs named Blazing Bunny, which I don't know how he became an FC, but he did. Um, He's like, he like messages me and was like, look, Boat, if your services leave, I'll fight your Feroxes. I'll form up. Well, of course, Pittsburgh, he don't like me very much. So he forms. But like it takes him like an hour. And I started my diet about a month ago. uh, And so I had to go get food. I had to get some chicken. So, I was debating between going and getting the chicken and waiting on him to show up. And you laugh, but I'm down 27 pounds, mind you. This sounds like a Bobby Atlas story. <laughs> it gets way better. So, uh, I, I'm I'm getting, I go upstairs to get the chicken because I'm like, this motherfucker's taking an hour. I've already reinforced two structures. I'm on my third. My fleet's AFK shooting it. I didn't say anything to my fleet this time because I'm trying to time like getting back to my computer with before they got there. So, I'm upstairs getting chicken and I was debating if I wanted to like, turn it into a salad or warm it up and just eat the chicken plane. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to eat the chicken plane. So I threw some mustard on the chicken because mustard doesn't have any calories. Right. And I'm on a keto diet. And so I get downstairs and it's the second I sit in my chair, the enemy fleet had came out of warp on top of us. (laughs) And I was like, Oh fuck. So I start telling people orders like, Hey, start burning this direction. Start shooting. well, what the enemy fleet didn't realize is that the Serbs hadn't stood down. They just went next door and got on a Titan and they weren't smart enough to look at that. So the second we start fighting, like 10 bubbles go up and in come the Serbs and we just wiped the, their fleet. But it was like the timing was so perfect with me being back with my chicken. If I had turned it into a salad and actually took the time to craft a beautiful salad, I wouldn't have came back to like five minutes after the fight started and we would have all been dead.
4: Uh, so uh, I I gotta say I gotta interrupt you for a second I yes. love this is like the classic boat story right <laughs> yes. it's like you take like some facts twist it a little bit talk about some chicken but it doesn't matter it's amazing it's entertaining <laughs> uh, and it's like oh I'm just talking about getting some chicken Pittsburgh sucks by the way Blazing Bunnies a piece of shit <laughs> yeah, they take two fine, hours bro. to form appearing oh. for the win chicken so I have- killed everyone it's the best <laughs> story I've I'm ever heard and you do you this like, every I'm single time
2: okay so now can I tell you that even I'll call it cool. Well, if you like that story, I'll wait till the next one. So,
6: um, super carrier. I was just sort of saying before you get yeah, on yeah. with that yeah. one, it's like these things don't change. This used, this used to be the classic boat, and it's still boat. Like two and a half years, I come back, it's still the same boat, telling the same stories. It's so good. Um, uh,
2: sorry. Uh, I well- so okay, what's, tell me
0: what this next story is before you go into it.
2: It's the super carrier and Titan kill. Okay, okay. Before, yeah, let's do that.
4: before we do that, I do want to yeah. set the stage a little bit, right? All so right. Yeah. Uh, last week on the show, we were talking about like um, I think it was last week. It's when uh, all of Pappy moved over to T five Z. The keep star went up. Uh, no one. It's right next to one DQ. And we talked about like what are the implications of this? What does this mean? What what's the worst thing that can happen? And I was I was very tepid on the move, right? I said, you know. It's a very dangerous place to be next to your enemy because if you make a mistake, if you get a little bit too hubrist, um, you can really get punished on this. And it makes me feel really good about what happened later in the week because it backed up exactly what I said uh, or what we said as a collective group, right? Because it wasn't just me. Um, so it was—it's like it's a very dangerous moment. It's very trepidatious because you're right next to someone. If you make a small mistake, uh, or if you lose focus, like, hey, we're right next door. We can kick these guys' butt. Um, it, obviously mistakes can happen. So we saw a, a few mistakes this week that completely vindicated me, which which makes me very happy, personally. Uh, and also completely vindicated our, our points, which doesn't always happen. A lot of times the predictions fall a little bit flat. Uh, so I kind of like to make a, a big deal about it when, when they actually do come true.
2: I will say this, T5, uh, you guys moving there is like the best thing ever, not going to lie. Uh, because, yeah, it does... It doesn't help you strategically. I don't know why. See, we have this like rule in Goons where like you don't correct your enemies' dumps and t five Zi doesn't really like solve or help in a strategic way because of Titan Bridges because you don't have to go through T5. Like every time they set up a gate camp, we just use it as an excuse to form a fleet and go kill their gate camp. We kill like 20, 30 dudes, then go home. Uh, The only people having fun in T5 are the, the guys that like doing like little fleets and uh, chemos and bombers, those are like the three fun things o- outside of this, of course, super carrier kill, which stemmed from the little guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna point this out. Uh, so can I, can I tell the story now? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Tell us about the Leviathan okay. and Revenant so, kills.
2: So, the, the thing is, is you, you, you've heard the phrase Tangus are here, okay? And this is a, a famous phrase from a situation uh, a few years back in Delve where. Uh, a group of very elite pilots, including J-Amazingness, were constantly killing this dread that kept jump dropping on beacons to kill jump freighters. And after, like, the third or fourth time, uh, Pen of Smash and uh, Izrad dropped, uh, like, 30, 40, 50 dreads, however many, and they killed a Sancho mothership and a couple of supercarriers and uh, a Leviathan, right? And and that's kind of what... um, uh, transpired there in, in this case and there's a famous phrase from that is like how stupid is this guy how many times is he going to get himself killed uh you know that kind of thing and there's a lot of famous phrases from a guy named hippo jacks um uh that are involved in that and a He's in the audience there yeah um and so oh no i he he knows he hates okay. when he gets brought up it's really hilarious um but fast forward to just this this turkey day um day before turkey day you have a guy uh the great Asher. Uh, elias he sends the broadcast tells all the goons hey look it's a day, it's two days before turkey day let's not reinforce any structures let's let nothing come out on thanksgiving because if you hit a structure two days later it comes out so it's like okay we're not going to do that we'll, we'll leave turkey day as a free day but of course uh test and and, and horde they don't they don't follow they don't want to do that they want to hit every structure they can they had 13 strat ups on thanksgiving uh just in a 10-hour period and they had timed them. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. You couldn't even go have to- fun with your family if you wanted to be a valued member of the alliance. So, moving forward, you had this guy and these two super carriers. And every time people like Sinos, we have a bounty system. You kill a recon with a Sino, you get hundred million isk. Uh, to give you an example, the great big Bill the Boss has killed like over fifty of them himself in YZ9. He is just literally every time he logs in, he kills two or three with, uh, thrashers. Um, the thing is our cowardly enemy, they don't like it when we do it in T5 because they're, they're afraid, uh, that we're killing their sign. So what they started doing is they had smart bombing ships sitting on Falcons. They had, you know, Titans that were doing it. I think there was a Moloch at one point that did it. Uh, but then you had this, this, this one, this one man in a, in a poop mobile. I call it the poop mobile, but it's the Sancho mothership. Um, I've lost one by the way, but that's a different story. Uh, he, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, different story. But anyway, different so story. this guy had the audacity to shoot a guy named Kunmi. And Kunmi is a very driven individual. Uh, if you ever think of John Wick, he's like the John Wick of goos. okay If he sets his mind to something, he's going to either – borrow a couple hundred billion from someone to make it possible and then pay them back a couple weeks later, or he's just going to make it happen. Okay. A lot of the super and Titan kills the goons have gotten in the last uh, probably year or so have come from this man. Okay. He sets things up. He makes things happen. He, he's good at this. Uh, so he was doing bombers on the undock to kill Sino ships and he constantly do it. But this dang poopmobile kept killing Kunmi, specifically Kunmi. I don't think that's a good idea so a energetic imposter known as the third imposter uh scanned the guy's fit and found that he had no tank outside of the active hardeners and let me be honest the poop mobile with no tank is like three million hp uh so so Amaziness amazingness created the third imposter um and then you had a whole bunch of other things happen and it was basically like a solid four days of okay we're gonna drop on this guy today no let's now let's think it'll work today Okay, we're going to drop on this guy today. No, no, it ain't going to work today. And then Thanksgiving Day, literally the Turkey Day, it was like, you know what, fuck these guys. They had 13 ops and Turkey Day, let's drop on them today. And so we did. I was the loot guy. Uh, surprise. Getaway car. Yeah, I, I've literally looted every super Titan kill for like the last year. <laughs> I'm like the dedicated looter and it never dies because, well, loot ships can always tether. Lol. Um, uh, <laughs> the uh, the Sino ship uh, came from a test guy. Because he was a nice guy and he lit a sign for us. Uh, it may or may not have been because I asked him to light me a sign-o on the station because he thought I was gonna jump my Titan in, but that's a different story. Uh, he, he lit us uh, that sign up. We came in uh, and then we killed him. And then the Leviathan was the icing on the cake because we killed this guy so fast and everything was like so laid out perfectly. We had like Pen of Smash on the, uh, the Apostle crew and then we had like the Dreads and we had too many Dreads. And we had the Hector sitting in a Citadel waiting to warp in because Tess was nice enough to let us stock in one. Uh, things like that. So it was like the perfect scenario to kill this guy. We murder this guy. And then, like, he dies so fast that we're just like looking around on grid going, okay, fuck, what, what else can we kill? We're not dead. Like, none of us died. The guy gunning the Keepstar never DD'd because he was afraid the DD would bounce to Titans. Uh, so he never used it. So you, you have these dreads who are not dying. Well, the first three or four titans that undocks and you can hear this in different audio clips um like if you if you listen to the audio clips of mm-hmm. like <laughs> the other side you can hear their fc's just screaming undock undock you know dd them undock kill them but there's no organization there it's not like hey join this fleet first make sure you have faxes ready it's just get on kill them so of course a test of the pilot does just that he undocked he threw his dd uh but he only killed one, and that was me. <laughs> Surprisingly <laughs> enough, I think he killed me. Um, uh, and then, yeah, like, and then he- but then, like, it was like, okay, now what? But the thing is, is like, the way keep stars are situated is that like the fax is on dock out of range. That's why we dropped our apostles like really close so they could rep things like triage, so they could rep the hectors. You can alternate like who has tackle because hectors are broken. Um, and you see, you have these apostles to like rep people. It's really cool. Um, but anyway, so you're you're killing. So this guy like DD's, but now he's aggressed and he can't tether for five mm. minutes and he can't warp off. So this like kicker's just turned to him and like tackle him, and then he just gets eviscerated. And the thing is, is, I was I was shitting bricks because I couldn't get near him. There was too many titans to like loot him. So of course, as the looting guy, I couldn't get to that leviathan. Uh, but then he wasn't dying, and the, we were all having like this like ten seconds of oh shit. But then we realized it was because he wasn't dying because of tie dye which is absolutely hilarious because we thought he was just like all of a sudden getting reps, but no, he just, wasn't dying because of tie dye. And then he eventually died, but yeah. we didn't get the so We had to blow it up. But the best part about all this yeah. is I was dual boxing. I was the loot guy, but I was also on my Phoenix that I had just bought like seconds before we dropped because nobody had a free Phoenix line around. They had all these other great dreads. So I had to buy my own Phoenix, but I forgot to siege as we jumped in. So if you look at the kill mill for the uh the um whatever that thing is the poopmobile, I have zero damage on my dread and I'm the like there's literally faxes and enemy ships with more damage than I did. <laughs> so I forgot uh, to see but, and yeah I just kind of nuded him and tackled him and then I, of course I was like top ten on the other one but it, yeah it was end,
0: it was a good kill at the end of the day you took off a you took oh, out yeah. a you took out a leviathan and you lost dreads uh, in, in on the other side of it. Um, there, yeah, are, there cool. are some important aspects to this story that, that I want to just, just because because I'm
4: from the oh, other side of that, that, that yeah, uh, sure, shot. Sure, right? sure. So it's always nice to get a more holistic view of what happened. Uh-huh. But before I go, I got to say, I can't believe you didn't let people have dinner with their families on Thanksgiving just to kill a Revenant. That's actually, that's
2: it was, cool. uh, it was oh, after so cool. That's <laughs> so that. cool, Boat. No, really, we, if you really, oh, it's real him, bad, man. We killed him <laughs> at midnight Eastern. It was after everyone went to bed from their food comas. It was strategically planned to happen yeah, after yeah. after they did thirteen ops.
4: You know, unless I'm on the left, unless I'm on the west coast, bro. I mean, come on. Oh, no, that that's, yeah,
2: right that's when come I have
4: ahead seconds. Ahead. That's the best part of Thanksgiving. Like, a second. Anyways, I
2: you can your computer. Just saying.
4: I just had to. I just had to, to shit on you a little bit, but um, so so this is the funny part, right? So this guy isn't a revenant. Uh, he's using it quite brazenly, uh, which everyone has told him, "Hey, man, that, that's pretty dumb. You shouldn't do that." Uh, but he does it anyways. Who cares? So he does that. Um, the funniest part of this story to me is um, there is a, a spy in Horde named Third Impostor. Uh, he's sitting in a Devoter. He's just sitting on the Keepstar. Nobody <laughs> gives him a second look. Two days he's, old. He's been in Horde. For, he's like 40 days old. He's been injected. But he's been Third in Horde, Horde for one Foster. day. Right? Um, and so this Revenant kills a, kills a bomber. He kills, I guess, Kunmi, as as Boat was saying. And then instantly this Devoter locks him, scrambles him, and then this this dread bomb comes in to absolutely kill this so, poor Revenant.
2: You wonder know what's even funnier about that poor Revenant is that he died before he was supposed to die. So so Kunmi was doing bombers again, and he was shooting things, and that's what got the guy to aggress. But Kunmi honestly thought we were going to go on like the second or third time that Kunmi did things, but the guy piloting third imposter was like, oh, I tackled him, let's go. <laughs> so it was like the, the guy doing the subcast was like wait a minute what we're dropping what one it of my favorite
4: right. one of my favorite right. parts to this is that peanut smash has now been involved in killing uh jay's revenant and now he's been involved in killing a pl revenant i think peanut is is the most prolific um super cap killer you can put them you can put other people up in there too right Hi. so um Frederick Bonhol killing Uniques and Rocket X in his heyday, right? Um, I've killed three of Revenants, by the way. Now no, has killed like fifteen. He's he's got I, you've got nothing on Penis. No, Penis has I'm killed kidding. more. Faction supers, faction everything. And he's actually killed more goon supers than anyone else, too. So. Well,
2: maybe, maybe goons. But I, I kill a lot of goons too. But yeah, so that story, I mean, just it, it's so perfect because there's this joke running around in goons about balancing the equation. And so there's a guy that keeps track of T5i's or ZIs like battle report for like the time from the guy, like time you guys moved in until now. And goons are actually up like 160 billion, even with like the faction loss and the Sotillo. Uh, and so like the joke when I did the bombing run on razor was I was trying to balance out the faction, uh, Citadel loss. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we killed 23 billion and lost 36. So the balance was still pretty good considering we didn't yeah. even form up. So
0: almost there, but look, the, there was the, I mean, the point is you had some things to talk about that were actually pretty good for the Imperium this week. I was prepared to hear, uh, and to talk a lot about, uh, Imperium, um, But then I was watching, just, and I haven't seen it all yet. I just watched uh, a Merkel Chen's rant that got pointed out to me and stuff. And it seemed like the show was mostly about, and the fireside uh, was like complaining. I mean, they call us crying in stations, but I was watching the meta show thinking like, We're not, we don't complain like that. Like they're complaining, uh, complaining. And you, you, I don't watch the show complaining about the state of the economy. The fact,
2: I mean, they're not wrong though. Like, so normally you post a Reddit thread complaining about something and like the Merkle Chen one, and normally it doesn't get, but maybe 10 uh, votes. It's like at 500 now. And like, there's this unanimous agreement of, yeah, we see that this channel is like propaganda, but we totally agree with what you're saying because, well, they're just being honest.
4: I will say about that, that there are some points that 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 rang quite true. Right. Uh, and I don't want to get off subject and, and take this on too early. So mm-hmm. matter will stop me if I'm if I'm about to. Uh, there are some things that um, uh, Merkel Chan talked about that that rang really true. Right. It, 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 there's just so many sticks and it feels like there are no carrots. Um, but one thing that, that becomes abundantly clear, the more you talk to people, especially on this show, like this dynamic is it, perfectly great. As Boat is saying, PVE sucks. You have a list, like squirming in his chair, ready to jump out and counter him. There are very distinct play styles, very distinct versions of Eve that people have been, I think up until now, completely unaware of. Um, It's so easy to get sucked into your little corner and say, this is Eve. I do everything that is Eve and just completely miss someone like Hateless, someone like Suetonia, uh, something like someone like Baleful, who have a completely different version of, of the game that they play, right? You ask a question, what is objectively better? 50-20 uh, man fleets or 50-10 man fleets or, or five 50 man fleets? You have both people from both sides and Hateless side having completely, like, just equally passionate responses to the other side, right? Um, as as these these patches hit, It feels like the institutional knowledge from older players like Boat and I and and long-standing empires, uh, it becomes completely it's becoming more and more worthless. Right. So it's not just get in a Drake, get it in Ishtar, get in a Myrmidon, and go rat. There are completely other ways to make tons of money in this game. Right. You can make very good money in the Abyss, which like it's something that Boat had mentioned that Path of Exile has that uh, in his view, Eve didn't have where people were just spend tons of money on this one uh, ship to unlock like this, this high end content. And that happens, right? Like th- there are T6 abyssal runners that throw gigatons of money in their ship to run these things super fast. Like I know um, my vagabond is like five billion and I run T6 and I make 500 mil an hour. It- it's engaging. It's not formulaic. You have to figure out what's which-, which one you're going to do each time. Um it, it, no it exists right you, there are some guys on reddit that post how they're making 900 million an hour triple boxing um T5s and T6s in the frigates 200 million a frigates it's yeah. difficult to do but it's fun it is Still absolutely free. fun you can to... watch people like uh, Loki Val the Nub who's he probably one of the best uh, content creators out there doing this he will run Nurgles and firestorms he runs three of them at a time which obviously we're talking about Really, really high end here. Not everyone can do it. Uh, not everyone could be expected to do it, but he makes it look so easy. Um, and, and it's able to this is something that you could do with with the, like your friends, right? So it's just there are some parts that he speaks about that, that ring too. but I think there there are parts of the game that he's missing out on because he just isn't aware, because they're new, they're not really talked about. It's not what people did back in the day. Um, it's not what like the institution that he's in is is aware of or has uh, used before. It's not using a bunch of oracles. It's not super carrier ratting. It, it's something completely weird and different. Uh, but so, it feels like that's where Eve is going. And, and I'll stop right now, so because I'm something to say. So
7: I I completely like I completely agree with your points there, okay. Elise. The only issue, and I think the the thing that maybe you might be missing. <coughs> Sorry about that uh is uh, a lot of uh, a lot of null sex kind of perspective on like or solve null sex perspective on this specifically is to do with uh like how our p v e enriches the uh, the sov the, the the sovereignty the sovereign systems that we spend time building up and defending as well and as much as you know abyssal pve is fantastic and it is fantastic it's not specifically related to sov Nulsec, and it doesn't you know um like our corporations and our alliances don't get enriched by that pve occurring because you can do that pve in any space whatsoever and it doesn't yeah it doesn't mean that like it's that, uh, you know, holding space uh, enriches you by being able to do this. You know, no, no, no. So I, I that's completely get that
4: point, right? So so the idea here is if you are a NullSec Empire, you've been hit over the face with a bat repeatedly. Um, Ouch. And, and that that is absolutely true, right? Like part of that is the pendulum has to swing the other way. I think it's swinging a little bit too hard, a little bit too fast. I think there's like a little G-force there that people probably weren't prepared for. So That part of, of Merkel-Chan's point um, is, is, rings very true. And I think the Mitanni had something about said about this, saying that uh, CCB hates the large null blocks. I think if you talk to CCB Ritati and CCB Psych, you'll say, yeah, we hate what they're doing. Uh-huh. They broke what we thought was fine. They always break it. We hate them.
0: Uh, here, here. Bring Caleb uh, or Neiden in. Who was that? Oh, anyway, Caleb, what do you think of uh, this uh, this line of talking? And
5: um, it's always funny. It's just that the point is that there's some valid points of criticism because I was expecting that CCP actually got around to fixing the things that they promised to fix, and the only thing that I've seen that is in the direction of fixing anything is by separating and creating uh, the differences between high-sec, null, uh, and low-sec. That's the only thing that's, that's really been done that is what the doctor ordered. Everything else is just turning off the faucets. And I don't think that uh, blanket poverty helps anyone in this game.
6: I don't agree at all. I think poverty is great. I think people have way too much fucking money and too many fucking ships and too big empires. Anything that splits that
5: up is good for Eve. See, here's what they need. That's wrong. If you're turning off the faucets, the rich remain richer. So, so, so it's fundamentally the other way around. If you wanted to actually stimulate the economy and and create more diversity and, uh, well, quote-unquote, equality. If, if you're turning off the faucets, the people that win are the rich people. This is why in real life, when you get austerity, that's a right-wing policy because it makes the rich people richer, whereas stimulus and actually inflation makes rich people poorer.
2: Here's I mean, something you he could do. Um, uh, Merkel-Chin kind of hinted to this. Hold on, one, one, you'll like this. I think you all agree with this. This is a good thing. So uh, merkel hinted to this, but he didn't really go into detail. Okay. What other games have that Eve has an opportunity to exploit is games like um, uh, the parent company of Eve Online, Black Desert Online, or Path of Exile, or any of these games, where you have the opportunity to get this really, really, really extremely rare, expensive item for very marginal gains—five, ten percent. But where Eve has a chance to exploit that expensive rarity thing is that it can blow up and die and be gone forever. So the ultra rich, for example, a guy like Merkel Chen, who has more money than he'll ever, ever, ever spend, even if he tried to, uh, could then take 10, 15, 20 billion, put it into something that's ultra expensive. It gives very marginal gain. That could be like a way to show off. It doesn't really affect the overall gameplay of everyone involved, but it's a way to burn through that money. And a lot of like the ultra rich that have this kind of money to burn are looking for that Eve. And it's just not there outside of a few officer mods, but those are so rare. Like one thing Merkel Chen pointed out was CCP had actually talked about taking five Titans smashing them together. And, that was a joke. That was a joke. Uh, it's, it may be a joke, but it's a, actually a great idea because imagine if you could take, like, and, and like they do this in video where you take your pets and when you mash them together, there's a chance of either getting a tier two pet, a tier three pet, or a tier four pet, right? And the, each one's different. It, it has a, it's a form of gambling. Uh, the same thing when you level up gear in that game, that's you're gambling mm-hmm. if they'll go higher or not based on a percentage. If you could do that in EVE, <laughs> Where you could take two Leviathans, smash them together, and you have either a chance of getting just one Leviathan or getting a Leviathan 2.0 that has 10% more damage or uses 10% less fuel. That
0: would be yeah, cool. But this, it but this isn't it. Pokemon. Like, it, that would have to, I mean, all right, no, maybe if they trap it. Or
2: but modern games are doing that. Games like BDO, games like Path of Exile, games like WOW, they're doing that to because it it attracts the people with the money.
3: We have mutiplasmoids that you can apply to just about every single module and get those gains that you're talking about, risking your module in the exact same way that you're talking about. It already
2: exists in the game. But modules aren't spaceships, and spaceships is what drive content. Like, faction ships are... Too expensive for what they do, right? They're fifty, sixty, seventy, a hundred billion for practically no gain. Look at that uh, that fact. You're, you're
3: you're looking completely at capital. So like you're looking at Vanquishers and and what Moloch. I, I, I'm thinking subcaps. Like vigilancies are really useful. They they got really good webs. They're a little squishy, but they got really good webs. The Phantasm has
2: an excellent right. role right now. What do you want a vigil? Really good. Where you can smash two vigilants together. Why do we, we need to raise the ceiling? Like why I do have we have need a, a creep? creep? Because I want to like, power creep. I want power creep in like solo PvP. That's my game. Power gimmick. creep is terrible. I like taking oh. a Tango that does sixteen hundred DPS that costs three three billion isk and a two billion isk in implants, goes insanely fast, doesn't require uh cap mods, because you don't need cap boosters. I can roam around Eve doing fifteen hundred DPS heated and go really fast. And if it dies, whoa, I just lost it. Now, if I had the option to make Tango two that does twenty five hundred DPS, goes marginally faster. But cost twice as much fuck yes i'm gonna do that because i that's where well, my money go. needs
0: i got where you're going but the the uh, thing that we were hearing was uh, there was a lot of anger towards ccp for uh too much really cutting back the gameplay of the empires for instance and and, and too much so like there's not enough relief yet right now it's just austerity and that was what the gist of it was right
4: yeah i think that's where it rings true to me the most especially as McLeod mentioned in, in the NullSec empires right that we know the pendulum has to swing back it, it was out of whack for too long but we were we were promised carrots and we've just been getting stick and stick and stick and stick after stick and, and it just feels a little bit weird uh, I, I, I will say because i can't let this this go too much because uh the one thing that that kind of rings like bullshit to me is, is a little bit what boat was talking about how the the giga wealthy are just looking for ways to to spend their money you know there are mutoplasmids you can you can roll mods that'll give you 10 percent more right you can spend billions to get that 10 percent people don't tengu. necessarily That's do it well, all the mods on your tengu boat look, and get the thing? same 10 percent
0: look but if Merkel Chen, if Merkel Chen wants a place to put all his money because he's so wealthy, he should buy war bonds. From the so here's yeah, what
2: exactly. actually, here, here's what the ultra rich do. I mean, like you look at Erith for example, Erith will just manipulate markets and he'll make poor guys suffer more while he gains another trillion is. And that's what Eric did for a very long time when he was playing very, very actively is that he would just multiply his wealth exponentially. And, and that was his way of doing it. And you have guys who, for example, there's this guy right now, fly to Moloch, uh, um, who have, has thrown, he's lost three Vanquishers, he's flown a Moloch, and I've seen him fly a Faction Dread that's worth like 100 billion. So there's guys that do that. But I'm just saying from my own personal perspective, if I could take a Mutoplasmid and attach that thing to a tangu and get a tangu that has all these modified stats, that's a one of one. Think about it like that. This is what they've gotten away from. With the, with the downfall of the Alliance Tournament, they've gotten away from one of ones. And that tends to be – if you watch like – I watch a lot of YouTube uh, uh, in my free time as a teacher. And one of the things I watch is like shows that talk about unique things, like guys that collect unique things. And a lot of like ultra-wealthy, they want one-of-one things. That's like their big thing. When you've got a billion dollars, you want a one-of-one. Yeah, that's that's what the
0: the Hypernet store is built for those kinds of things.
2: that's what I want from a spaceship. I don't care about the Mott's because you're not going to see my Mott's. But if I – Yeah, we
0: have a channel for that. CCP, please put your suggestions in there.
5: And and you're arguing, you're arguing (laughs) the same type of power creep that exists in other games. Even Vili is pointing this out to you. You, you, But but no, that's exactly what we don't need because we've basically almost broken the game with this quality of life era. And if we bring in things like RPG power creep bullshit from World of Warcraft, we're going to get this end level stuff, and there's nothing else, and we have to wait every single time for CCP to create a new tier. this this is is bullshit this would completely undermine what makes uh, eve online unique it would kill the game
2: it would not though in a way because you have to think of it like this in the grand scale thousands versus thousands you don't see one of ones in those fights because they just get targeted first and they die where you see one of ones is solo PVP, very very small game pvp so in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really affect EVE, but it'll take a guy like me and make me want to play a little bit more Because that's the thing is like when you get to the point where you've played the game at least three years, and I say three years is the average of a player who really sticks it out, uh, they lose interest and they have to invent new ways to come up with that interest. And that's the thing for me is even though with COVID going on, I'm home, my interest in Eve the last month has literally been, okay, what unique thing can I do to the enemy? Um, and, it, and it doesn't matter if it's flying cormorants into a keep star that's going to get blown up, and maybe they kill a frigate. That 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 sounds really insane, but that's the unique thing that 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 appeases me about the game at the moment. And that's why I think the power creep is nice because it's not going to affect the game on a grand scale of things. It's not. It may make people want to hunt more things. Like there's this guy that hunts unique ships. It's literally what he does. He builds characters. He designs characters with the specific purpose of using that character as bait to then hunt that unique thing to death. And his kill board is nothing but like ultra expensive, rare things that he's killed and the way he kills it. And he never talks about how he does it. He just does it. And then you try to ask him, and he's very secretive about it, Uh, but he's very smug about it too at the same time. It's really cool. All, but, but, all
5: right. I think, I think the we important need. thing about this discussion, and, and and I want to roll it back to something that Santonio yeah. was pointing out because he was basically stealing my thunder a little bit. He was talking about how some of these changes recently from CCP is going to uh, disincentivize things like multi boxing. It's going to uh, push uh, Plex prices down and let more new players and new blood come in. And I think if, if these are some of the things that CCP are trying to do, they're definitely moving in a direction of health for the game. The only thing Thing that i really have an issue with right now is the, the whole austerity topic because austerity as it is right now it is skewing the, the the whole playing field in the benefit of the rich people and the very powerful people and ironically we should have done the opposite. And I had expected that CCP would have done something that was more equivalent to a stimulus and <clears throat> an inflationary thing, but moving it on to things like uh, moon mining and fixing the, the the location of the faucets to make them dynamic and, and create this interdependencies. But we haven't seen that. The only thing that we've seen that is something that the doctor ordered is actually the diversification between high-sec, low-sec and no-sec. But that has been done in a way that's basically strangling the economy and bringing in something as gimmicky as this uh, tax break on the market is just <laughs> it's a complete immersion breaker. It's it's a horrible idea. The only thing that could defend this whole concept is if it's to do something to test what the impact is of taxation on the market but there's not enough current market dudes around to care about that and to give that data any meaning so so ccp is doing something that is fundamentally dumb when it comes to that tax So
0: sutonia do you uh, do you have anything to add to that or
1: oh, i mean i'm sure it sounds reasonable to me right like uh what caleb's saying so
4: one of the things right that that i think CCP, and, and this is me projecting to, to CCP to see how they view the game. So this, this might be horribly wrong, and I don't mean to, to read into what they're doing anything. Um, but so what they have put an emphasis on is, is what Caleb had said, is to differentiate the, the types of space and to create interdependencies. Um, the problem with Eve for the last four years has been kind of exactly what both wanting more of right so he's he wants these power creep this is kind of how we got to this spot everyone and their mom has a titan right now in the the war that we're in there's thousands of them It makes them impossible to balance it's it's kind of not fun if you roam through them you get bosun in the face um whatever i i think that issue is is probably why we got to the place we're at but for the longest time it was oh do you want to make money you could do cool stuff in empire you could do cool stuff in, in low sec um, but really, where it outshines is NullSec, so you might as well come out to NullSec. People who had no aspirations to create an empire or do anything cool in NullSec, they just want to be a dude who makes money, got sucked into to the NullSec gameplay, completely skipped over HighSec, completely skipped over LowSec, um, because frankly, it made no sense to do any of that stuff. You always made the best money in NullSec, right? So they're trying to reverse course on that a little bit to say, hey, you can make money here doing this. You have to make money here doing this to, to help out the people making money here doing this. Uh, so from my perspective, they just want to stop people flocking to NullSec uh, and they want the people out there to, to be vicious, like people who want to create a little empires, not to be people who want to create little empires and also the place to be to make all the money. Right, so they want to grab those people out who want to make money because they don't really belong in in LSEC anyways, and they want to sprinkle them all over the place.
5: But, I think that's but at least the, the the spice still has to flow. There still has to be stuff coming into the game so we can actually play the The problem with things like vertical farming, which was what we got with anomalies that could be infinitely recycled. so so you basically had an infinite uh, source uh, and a faucet that could just scale to like crazy levels, right? The problem with that was that with the umbrella and the fact that nothing is assailable in in the case of anomalies, there was no real nothing really stopping that faucet if that same availability of materials was moved onto actual moon mining platforms so we got back to the the income levels that we used to have with passive moons but where it suddenly is something assailable like it was back then this is exactly what i expected ccp to do because they launched moons at a ridiculously low value with no agency with with no differentiation and in a really really dumb place this is this is what we need to become the core of the NOLSEC economy but it needs to be something that your neighbor can harass and destroy and attack right both when the fleets are out there working those fields and 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 when they're waiting for the next frag we need that assailability we need that conflict driver that we in a, in a way that's 10 times better than old-school AFK moons, right? Because this would be something that could create a ton of content. But of course, someone like Boat will say, well, structure and structure balance is shit. Yeah, but no, they no. need to fix that as well.
4: I, I will say, Caleb, real quick, Boat, and I'll let you go after this because I'm sure you're wiggling. But yes. um, I, I think there is more to come, which is what we have said every single time. Like you were on the, the scarcity panel. Uh, talking about them. They they keep hammering the home. There's more to come, guys. There's more to come. Don't worry. We just have to get this reigned under control. But one of the things that you're talking about in terms of um, kind of like the, the old moon mineral system, right? Um, it, it seems like there are possibilities for the ESS and the Reserve Bank to fill that role, something that's assailable. Uh, we have no idea how that's going to play. And as it comes right now, these reserves banks are getting fat with a PH. Right, um, there are some all over the place with upwards of four, five, six billion isk in the reserve bank. This has only been going on a few weeks, uh, so so maybe that's part of the answer as well.
5: Yeah, I hope they really consider putting them uh, into the sovereignty uh, design. I think ESS should have some sort of impact from sovereignty, so you actually get some sort of taxation. That goes directly to the subholder of the systems because there's a lot of of need for entities in null to have mm, useful and 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 streamlined aligned economies and and something like a sovereignty based <laughs> act could easily go onto the ESS. It would not require that much work.
0: Let's talk about this a second. There's there's individual wealth and then there's like entity wealth right and this is a problem that's, that the imperium of all groups is running into right now they've actually established war bonds which means transfer your personal wealth to state wealth so that we can fight it's this not, war
2: it's not that we need need the state wealth as much as it's the more i get, think of it like this we're asking for loans but we don't need money this is fantastic do me, tell I mean, me more let me explain what i mean is you're in a war right now. It's the first war in EVE's history where every single ship on both sides is free to the member base. The level of reimbursement coming out of, of each side right now uh, is being pulled from those stockpiles that people have talked about, right? You're not seeing personal wealth get used. You're seeing alliance-level reimbursement funds in the trillions a month getting used and so what we're saying to people is the same thing a lot of alliances have been doing like brave and such is look you guys may have trillions on your own or even billions and it's do you want to throw that billions into the war effort now knowing that you're not going to be using your own wealth for the next two three four months or do you want to just hold on to that money and then eventually you're going to have to pull into that piggy bank sometime, right and that's the thing now like for example when i did that dread bomb every single one of those dreads was instantly reimbursed by the Alliance. Plus the loot that I looted, that was like 40, 50 billion worth of stuff that got turned into more funds for doing it again next time. And so you end up in that, in that situation where I think it's better to spend uh, Alliance wealth and have the money directed in a certain way. I I think one of the programs we did at the beginning of the war that that actually had a huge impact too is, um, and I loosely know about this is that people were, like taking in giant chunks of money to one group. And then that one group would build ships, and then put them up there for insanely cheap. And then those ships would be reimbursed in such a way that the people were making money if they died. So in that sense, there's no real need for individual. Weapon. It's almost like a, a socialist view of things where like, hey, give the state your money. We're going to turn it into what you need to fight this war. And then we're going to make that war free. And it, I used to...
0: <clears throat> That's prioritizing their decisions, right? You're taking right, right, their money, right. prioritizing their gameplay.
2: And when you're, when you're in a war like this, it kind of both sides feel like they have to do that. That's the reason, like, Test takes instead. Here's an example the, the TTT station. Test gets the money and then divvies it out in the form of reimbursement and ships to the other groups in the uh, Test uh, like coalition, right? Yeah. They don't trust so. those total right. groups with the money. So they give them ships in reimbursement, and that's but
0: nobody's what complaining about that except the Imperium. Like Brave right, no, isn't complaining about.
2: That. No one really complains about on the Imperium side either when they do like the war bonds thing. It's just like, oh, hey, you have extra money, throw it at the no, Imperium, no, and get back but later.
0: But no, hey, no, I, I, but it's not that. It's a sign of things, right? We're fighting a war of attrition, and now the state is asking for war bonds. That does. is, but everyone, so not everybody, does that. No, this is the first time I, this is the first time I've ever heard that uh,
2: okay, happen. Well, so here's an interesting thing to go back a second to what you're saying about scarcity. Yeah. Uh, Eve has had a conflicting narrative on how they want to drive the game for about eight or nine years now. And it was back a while back where I guess Eve was the sole owner of their own company in a way where the narrative was, and the lead development team was going of the idea of we want these autonomous groups who don't have to rely on high-sec or a specific place in order to to survive and thrive. Move out to zero-zero, bring your buddies, and you can be something, even if you're a small group or a huge group. And that's when anomalies came in, and that's when this idea of self-sustaining zero-zero. Goons took that to an astronomic level, to the point where people were importing from Jita just to make more stuff here, but nothing left Delve, right? Nothing was exported. They were just like probably 30% not leaving Delve, right? Like this shit just never hit Jita because it didn't need to, because it had that self-sustainability. And even so the war machine was so was spending so much that Jita was used to augment that because there just wasn't enough to even, uh, I guess, uh,
0: right but but where'd all that go like that's what i'm saying is is that was myth.
2: so here's an example this time last year goons averaged about 200 billion in reimbursements i think we're hitting a trillion a month right now that's insanely high i don't think you understand if i would have said 10 years ago to darius johnson hey i'm gonna need about a trillion isk just this month to fight bob he would have probably told me get the fuck out like $100 $100 billion ba- uh, f- just five years ago in reimbursement a month, you'd have Atrium sweating bullets going, oh, fuck, I'm going to get screened at. And he would, because he's the guy that handles the numbers for reimbursement. So you, did, you just don't, the numbers are astronomically high because the game is just burning through so much. Uh, but an interesting thing, too, is it's not really. So you say, okay, you could say, okay, we're, we're going through a trillion. But just imagine if there was no heavy assault cruisers. Like if that wasn't the meta, if the meta was Battleships, or the meta was something more or less mobile. That's expensive. Yeah. No, not even expensive because here's what happens is you have, uh, uh, I feel like you've,
0: I feel like you're tangling me all up and I don't really uh, know where it's going, but I want to put the same question to Elise, because uh, one of the things that he said early on in this war was, look, one of the things that the Imperium can do is say, yeah, we're spending uh, a lot of money to kill these keep stars that you're putting in, but we can do this all day long. And I'm wondering, do you still feel that way? Like, can the Imperium still do this all day long if they're asking for war bonds? Because this seems like a very significant shift uh, in my mind about what's going on in this war. I, I do think that there's probably a lot being made about the war, mo-
4: war bonds thing, right? I, I, I'm sure that the Imperium still has a, a huge stockpile, but this this goes into the the Pappy strategy as it's been all around, right? The, the Anaconda thing where you want to uh, strangle around Delve, make income generating harder, which accomplished right you guys are stuck to two constellations and at the same time they want to burn through the stockpiles so you know you lose 400 bill worth of of caps in your staging system That that's not a good look for the the pappy people right but at the same time you see the imperium with the first parts of sweat on their brow when they're looking at having to uh, start reimbursing things at a trillion a month right a trillion a month is is the figure that I'm sure Vili just is ear to ear smiles about uh, because you know that that's that's part of their objectives. Whether or not you argue that that's the path to victory, that's a completely different argument, right? If you if you say Vili's path to victory is dumb and that's not it, you can you can talk about that. to your blue in the face, but for his stated goals, or rather for the Pappy stated goals, because it's not Vili, we throw it all on him a lot of the time, even though he's not right. The it's one. A lot
2: of leaders, yeah. right? So I would say it is all Billy, though, because you, you it's definitely my- not. No, because let me give you an example. You watch a structure die, Vili's the man looting it. You watch a structure go down, Vili's the oh, man looting He's the, the
0: loot oh, guy. He's the bad uh, guy number like, like you are.
4: So personal,
2: that's You're totally right?
4: categorically wrong, right?
2: No. I, I watched, okay, watch T5ZI. Every every time a structure was dropped in T5ZI that belonged to test, it was done by Vili. Every time... Uh, a structure was looted after it died, like with a freighter, or jump freighter, it, or not jump freighter, uh, a freighter or a uh, oracle. It was done by Vili himself. Vili himself done? lost a freighter well, I've, doing just that too. I right?
0: was talking you, to him when he did me it. it right? No, it
2: was great. He he actually lost a freighter. Um, go
0: go ahead, at least wait. Let at least finish. So
4: excuse it's me. not Vili isn't in, in there hovering up every single citadel wreck, right? Oh, like, oh here we happen.
2: go. Okay, more bots okay so and i the got
5: the important thing about war bonds it's, it's okay weapon- hold on. it's yeah, weapon- I- ISC, and that isk is going to be impacting things like GSM. i was
2: i was wrong because i had no idea what war bonds were i was just making shit up but i just got clarified <laughs> war bonds are not for srp war bonds were a one-off deal to buy a thousand cores to yeah so, so that that's the thing people. right the
0: yeah um, it's still money you need (laughs) i mean here's
4: here's an important distinction that we have to talk about right what why the war bonds might be required right the imperium has been relying on this preponderance of structures in their space saying ha 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 you have to clear through all of these it became their narrative for some time like oh you had a hard time on this timer there's 150 more timers plus it
2: was a clock they call it yeah
4: yeah. So, right, so now coming in jump. January, the, the clock is getting closer and closer yeah. where these citadels will need a quantum core in order to be back in full power. Here's what happens if you don't put a quantum core in them. Uh, and, and this is something that I think will take people by surprise, even though we've had a lot of yeah. notice on this. If you don't put the quantum core in, it goes to low power. If it stays in low power for six days, it becomes abandoned. It loses almost all of its health. There are no timers. Everything in there drops to be looted. Yeah. Um, it's huge, 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 huge. You cannot let this happen. If you're the Imperium, you have, what, 2,000 structures. You have to put a core in every single one of them. Otherwise, your members begin to lose their stuff. And yeah, Not sure. only do they lose their stuff, they lose their stuff to the enemy. Uh, or so himself. it's like a double whammy.
2: Or to goons that like go kill their own structures, so, which is happening.
4: So I
3: oh. want to mention oh. just something that's very important in this whole war thing is it doesn't matter how much it's the goons have, it doesn't matter how much it's the players have, it matters the materials that they have to be able to put up at the warfront, regardless of if they're being reimbursed for it, or not. They they need the materials to build the ships, they need the ships to fight the war. If one side runs out of materials, they're gonna lose. End of story. It doesn't matter how much it's they have. Yes, it's all about materials that they have. You run out of materials, you're dead. Like, it's over.
2: You'll never run out of materials can't fight You can't uh, fight if you don't have materials to fight with. Let me add the core thing. So this person, a logistics person, says, and I quote, we would have probably done the warbond thing for the cores anyway, regardless of war, because there's just so many of them. It's the same thing we did when the IHUB change happened, where we had to source like 200 IHUBs and redo a whole bunch of IHUB stuff we just outsourced it to every available person. And it's true, the same thing with our Keepstars, 64 Keepstars, I would say about half of those are either player donated or player built, just on wealth. So it's not like a lot of the Imperium infrastructure is state driven, I guess. So in that sense, that's where that comes from.
4: Okay, and one more thing, just just so people get a, a, a sense of scope, right, for, for what that means. You talk about 64 Keepstars, we're gonna just pretend that you have 64 keep starts that are going to stay up in January. You have no other citadels. That is a shock to the Goon financial wallet, rather to the Imperium financial wallet of 2 trillion ISK. And that 2 trillion ISK um, can get sent over to the other side as well, right? So it's, it's um, effectively 4 trillion ISK if you think about it that way. Uh, because the people that kill it will get a 30 bill little core for each one they kill and there's 64 of them. So this is a huge, significant amount of money. So as people make a lot about the war bonds, I think it's important to stay uh, a little bit focused, right? I I don't think the implication is the Imperium is running out of money, ha, ha, ha. It's They're about to take this massive shock to the system. And the current state that Eve is, as Caleb has mentioned, the rich can make so much more money than everyone else when they have that money at, at hand, right? So if I were in the Imperium, I would definitely Buy a war bond. Um, right, I would I know say get all these people could
2: do this, right? Fraternity tests, All these people that own chunks and chunks and chunks of solvable structures. Like you fly around test space, they still have cores in most of their uh, keep stars that I've seen. It's uh, dumb to
4: structure. put a core in right before it's required. It's completely right. dumb to put but it until seeing, it's absolutely seeing, required.
2: Seeing, not okay, maybe not in, but like you're seeing a lot of people talking about it now, where it's starting to hit people's discussions because it's December's here, and it's like, hey, we've got to get these cores. And they haven't really thought about, OK, how much that's going to cost. Like you said, trillions and trillions of ISK. And you say, OK, so the answer to the comment about, uh, well, it's whoever runs out of or first. Uh, the thing is, this war is interesting. And there's an interesting thing that no one's talked about. And it's good. That I want to segue
5: here to the fraternity tr- negative ISK wallet thing. Because this, uh, oh, good. yeah. Before you do that, can we just point out that when it comes to cores, that is not market PVP. It's not in-game economy. It's a big sink. And Dunk has pointed this out way back when it was introduced. So the fact that you have this massive cost of things that need to go in structures right now, it's basically a forced taxation on structures, right? It, it
0: doesn't it, sink. No, you capture it. It's 100% drop.
5: It goes to CC- well, Yeah, but the ISK that it' spent on it, I'll let
0: Caleb finish please.
5: All the money that is going into cores are going to be sunk out of the game. So they will not be in the hands of another entity. This is not economy PVP. It's PvE. So, all that money goes into those structures where they can then be stolen and then be sold back to CCP. The point is that it's a liquidity problem when we're talking about what would be happening in Delve right now. It's not a wealth problem. There's, there's plenty of wealth, but you can't liquidate that much of your assets easily during a war. So, you you. Doing something like the war bond is actually really brilliant because then you can skip skip past all this and you can instantly get the 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 liquidity you need to actually install and operate these things.
7: Uh,
5: uh, but I'm
7: sorry. So just real quickly, um, just a little clarification in terms of factual accuracy. Um, In the update to the cause coming in December, uh, the cause the the. The structures that require cores won't actually go into uh, low power mode um, You know, if they don't have the cores. Uh, apparently I'll just quickly pull this up. Yeah, they, it won't uh,
2: do that until like February or something like that, but then it will. It's January, January 12th. I think it's January 12th. So, Thank you. So, yeah. so there's, a, have, there's
7: well. a long period of time there.
2: So an interesting dynamic in this war is fraternity. Uh, not A lot of people talk about fraternity because they're considered a small alliance. Uh, but fraternity does things on a scale that even goons did not do. For example, uh, I went to one system in fraternity space uh, a couple months back and there were 18 super carriers in one system.
0: Hold on. Before you go down this route, the whole negative wallet thing, like uh, I haven't confirmed any of that. Okay.
2: The negative wallet thing is real. It's been, it's been like that for a while. The question is, is if CCP will do something about it, that screenshot is actually, it's not news as in like it happened to yesterday or whatever. It's actually happened. I think about a month or two ago. But nothing's before, really changed.
0: Before people, people go running out that uh, TIS said this or that, I don't want to.
2: No, 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 no you don't have to. I'll say it. it right. It's real, but it's just old. Uh, and the thing is, usually when people go wallet, CCP puts this like thing in place where they're like, look, you have so many X amounts of time to fix this or we'll just like lock your account out. Like You need to fix this. It needs to happen. Well, uh, they haven't done that yet with fraternity. It's kind of weird because there's a trillion-esque. But anyway, moving forward, uh, the dynamic in this war that's interesting is fraternity. Fraternity hates test. But Trinity also hates a part of goons, uh, the Chinese goons. That we are working have. with tests at the moment. get, uh, well, yeah, but I'll, I'll get to that. So right. they, they, they don't like tests. They hate tests. Uh, they have this like forever war. I mean, even before the war started, Norris and his broadcast of we're going to war with goons. He even put a whole paragraph that said, but we haven't forgotten about tests. They'll get their time. Right. He made that very clear when he announced the war uh, to him. Uh, killing goons off would make going after tests much easier later. And so a lot of people have speculated, but I mean, I've seen logs of this, so I can say it's true because the logs I see tend to be about 100% accurate, um, where Norris has discussed with people like, hey, we're not going to hit Tess for like X amount of time. We'll give Tess the opportunity to to do what they got to do versus goons. But when the time comes, we're going to kill Tess." The thing is, is that FRT is making an absurd amount of money, irrespective of that 1000000000000 trillion. They're making hundreds of billions a day just off taxes from either ratting or mining or whatever, because you'll go to their space. You'll see 60 or 70 super carriers going stop Now, do some of those get banned for botting? I don't care because I don't, I'm not a person that condones banning bots because there's a lot of false positives, but we'll get to that later. Uh, if we do get to it. Yeah. There's a lot of false positives of botting. Like uh, a guy got banned once that wasn't even playing the game for like a month and his Titan got dragged into space because of a false positive. and he hadn't played the game in like a month. It was pretty funny, and he lost his avatar. It was great. Um, all right, But anyway, but Fraternity is making a shit for money. And Fraternity literally at one point just a couple weeks ago put all the reserve titans and supers and took them home. They're like, we don't even need them anymore. We're not really fighting much in this war outside of downtime, a few fun ops. The, the war is a far enough away from Fraternity in terms of time zones, you know, 0200 Eve, 0100 Eve, that they are not as heavy invested as they were at the start of the war. So, all they have here is, okay, what they have, and then their subcaps um, in terms of Titans and Supers, because they pulled the, the extras home. They did that, I think, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, Fraternity's not really investing a lot of money in this. And at the end of it all, if Goons fall, Test still like, is gone. They're just dead. Because if you watch the numbers of Hakus showing up, you're, you're seeing a horde falling 800, 900 people on stret-offs, and Test and allies are getting like 600 total. And that's among the whole, like, test inner circle of alliances, brave and all that. So I don't see tests long for this world, no matter how the war ends. Just simply for that reason,
4: because I, w- I will say just a few things. Okay, sorry the, this is exactly like if you this is the. Um, uh, the idea that the Imperium have, right? Uh, if you look at the numbers, fraternity is the fifth most active alliance in the game in terms of kills. Uh, not, not in terms of making money. They're number one in terms of making money. They're making delve bucks kind of money right now. It's absolutely insane. But uh, this is a, a lot of the Imperium strategy boils down to uh, test is next, which is always fun to hear um, because who knows if there's there's truth to it, but it doesn't matter. Um, and that the, the coalition attack of the Imperium is like uh, wobbly and shaky, right? So it is really interesting to, to hear from both who like, He's not pushing an agenda here right like this isn't like boat trying to spin to everyone this is just boats and and this is probably a, a lot of how the imperium members uh view it so it's a really nice um, I, would,
2: I don't even know if imperium members view it this way like i, I speak for like because i as a teacher like i'm up at like 5 a.m and i you know I'm, I'm playing eve now in between but uh, there's two really well-known goons uh aries and uh alice um uh homeless, homeless. i can't remember his last character name, but anyway, but Alice and, and Ares. And they are two famous and infamous FCs from Serenity. And they were part of uh, Serenity's biggest Titan fight. And they were FCs at the time. And, you know, they're they're pretty uh, the well-known goon Chinese players. And they know a lot about, like, the state of, like, the Chinese, like, internal struggles and, like, mm-hmm. different fights and stuff. And they they still see, like, Norris hates Chinese goons because it's that half of Eve that pushed him out of Serenity. Right. We have a good half of those.
0: He says he's um, never played on Serenity. So I, I, who? Naros has never played on Serenity.
2: OK, well, before he could say that, but say anyway, can... the point is, uh,
0: All right, go ahead. Finish, you finish ever, real
2: quick. You end up in a situation where when look, he can say they were played, Serenity, but I know people who have played against him on Serenity and his own Lions members said he's playing on Serenity, but whatever. Right, well, I, says I, what I'm he just wants.
0: saying what he said. The, but the,
2: the, when when you. When the war is over, right? It, 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 so let's say Goons survive or Goons don't survive. Or it really doesn't fucking matter, right? At the end of the day, Goons out of the equation. There's still 155,000 people who have this like very fragile love-hate relationship All for right. each other, right? Think about the last time Tess was invaded—the Great uh, Titan snafu that PL had. That right, right. Go-
0: I I know you. I know you're just trying to put stuff out there, uh, and and it's very entertaining. But here, let me go back to something Lee said real quick, and that is. That fraternity is making a ton of money, like Delve money, like Delve bucks, right? Well, they have been, according to, again, to Noros, they have been nerfed so hard, they have, they're now down to 50% of what they were making before in Oasa, right? A little less in other regions and stuff. I haven't heard a lot of austerity complaining coming from them, particularly. They might be, but maybe I'm not, it's not being interpreted to me.
2: So uh, think about this though, with, with, with their space... Think about Wait, it let, me, let,
0: me throw, let me throw it to Hateless there. He's been waving his hand in the air. What, what are you going to say?
3: So with Fret and them doing what they do, they are incredibly zealous about defending their ESSs. They're incredibly zealous about defending their loot, and they're incredibly active. There's a reason why they're being successful right now. They're doing what CCP wants them to do. And even
0: they no, 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 have no, lost no. 50% of their ratting income
2: but be, because be, of these exchange. You're, you're, you're misconstrued. Yeah. You're, frat have a rule. And this is coming from Elo, who was a head FC for frat and kind of ran frat for a long time when Norris was out. Um, they have a rule. You cannot use a super carrier or a Oracle unless you have a subcap in the standing fleet ready to defend it. So you have to dual box. You can't go ratting your super carrier, body nor otherwise, because they're kind of turned the blind eye to that. Uh, you cannot Use a supercarrier unless you have like a mutant or a scimitar ready to go in the standing fleet. So if they have 100 ratting supercarriers, they have 100 man subcat fleet ready to bridge to any one of those. It's like their rule. So little. And the only thing that's going to affect Owasa and put danger on those supercarriers are two groups. One, the groups that used to be um, whoever used to own the drones before Fraternity and Horde and everyone moved up there. I forget their name. But they're really good at hiding supercarriers. Um, who? Sorry? Skill you before... Skill you. So, yeah. you don't have skill use anymore. They're not in the game. You don't see anyone like what PL used to be way back in the day, what skill you was. There's no group that's willing to go live in Awasa out of a, a, a random hole in the wall and then terrorize Awasa. Awasa is a Care Bear heaven. It's impossible to get dreads to unless you log them off for weeks, right? You have to literally jump them five, six jumps. Deep into Awasa, log them off, leave them there, and then maybe you'll kill a super carrier or two, but you won't get a fleet. Right. And so that's what makes Awasa the best. I mean, I think Eric said this once. Uh, Malafis and Awasa are the two best regions in the game, period. Right now, No, There's, there's no other. Malpay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, whatever the term is. Malefice
0: doesn't exist. <laughs>
2: so whatever. The, the, yeah, the yeah, phrase, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, those are yeah, the yeah, two yeah. most unassailable regions for AFK ratting and mining, period nobody is going to go hunting there. There's no entity in the game. Like when you speak of entities, I'm talking well, but, like. I'm sure but
0: but ESS has drawn a lot of people to hunt there and Philips sure, get but, them there.
2: But, but ten, man, ten, ten going after ESS is going to get murdered by a hundred man medium fleet. I'm sorry. There's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're not saying. Gonna make a, it's not going to make a dent in the income, right? It's it, still it
0: honest. Did. 50% is what I'm telling you. Like, well, actually, that's, that's that, the.
2: But that's a lot of changes, right? That's scarcity and like uh, policy changes and things like that. But they're, still, making, they're still number one in the game because of that. They're literally untouchable. They have Branch and they have Owasa. Branch does the same thing, but Branch can get harassed by Venal. So it doesn't have that same extent that Owasa does. Uh, okay. Even the Horde, Horde literally would have a standing fleet of 150 or so guys and Malpai ready to go to defend the Horde space. They don't even need that right now. And they're still ratting and mining at levels they were before.
0: We're at the end of the show. I, we're, but I, I, wanted, I just want to make this observation. Uh, and of course, this is an observation. It's not, it's, that's all it is. But it seems to me, like, instead of uh, looking at some of the winning things that you did, Boat, and other people in the Imperium, and kind of pushing those forward, I felt like there was a lot of anger towards CCP's austerity measures to channel the anger that people are feeling their membership as kind of a displaced um, villain, right? Like- I, I- because they're losing a war, the Imperium's losing a war, it looks like, so to Pappy, but they're mad at CCP. I mean, i so they're L- taking that anger of not winning and aiming it towards CCP. It just seems really weird to me. It's I not wonder weird what enough. you think of that.
2: You gotta think, okay, so you got to think of it like this, right? With goons, we have been evicted from our space over the last 12 years that I played the game pretty much all the time. Either we've moved or been evicted from space in the game numerous times. That's-
0: but that's not um, what you project. You project stability, power, money, and join no. us because we're winning. Like that's no, what we're Join us, project because for us because to you're gonna have
2: fun. I, I I say this to anyone who ever yeah. joined Goons. That's true. Go on a go on a boat up, matter <laughs> all. I guarantee you, you'll leave that <laughs> out having true. fun. I guarantee it. You will have yeah. fun I have fun day. watching
0: you. You're if one of you my favorite guys to
2: watch. If you die, I can promise you one thing out of boat up. You will die, right? That's all I promise. Now, do you die on most of my ops? Probably not. I'd say nine out of ten times you'll live. But that's the whole point. That's what goons bring to the table and they have brought to the table since goons lived in Syndicate, right? When goons were fighting off Bob and Syndicate, it was, hey, join Darius Johnson, join Suis, uh, join uh, a Skavik. You're going to have a whole shitload of fun. You may win something amazing, but you're probably not going to win something amazing. That's the reason we've always had this role, fly what you can afford to lose. 100 Rifters still matter in goons. Even today, you'll see little like, Bomber fleets of five or ten guys shooting uh, falcons. There might be ten falcons with Sino's up. It's cool, but
0: everything you're them. talking about is the is the Imperium members, the goon guys that are in yes. there, and like you, like get matters. in there and do the stuff. You,
2: that's what matters because if Delft but falls, but the
0: messaging, the messaging is totally the different. The messaging coming out of Imperium is totally different than that. Sure,
2: right because now. at the end of the day, like, like goons know the numbers, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. goons will lose eventually, lose the war. There's just it would take a very drastic change by CCP to flip this war. It's going to happen someday. It may not be tomorrow, it may be a year from now, but Goons will eventually lose. I mean, the world knows this. There isn't a person that plays the game that knows where goon are going to win 100%. It has been stated for like the last 6 months. Okay? The the numbers are just unreal. You see you see Goons form up a thousand guys as Goonswarm Federation and then Hort forms up uh within 3 it's 1000 guys. But then there's still that other thousand or 2000 in the wing, right? It, Goons used to have that ability to to have 3,000 when they had all of their allies together and all their friends and tests and all this. But two-thirds of the game versus one-third, the one-third always loses. It didn't it happen to NC and Tribute. It happened to us and Delph in the past. It's happened numerous times in the game's history. But what really unites players in EVE Online, and I will speak to all of EVE Online on this, is that the hatred towards CCP fucking up because they have been fucking uphill of making mistakes going uphill for twelve the twelve years. But they
0: were happened. making mistakes when you were making money hand over fist and there was no it was complaining still, I still
2: point. I still complained. What are you talking about? have you I not watched the better show for the last three years. I, I I've, watched it, daily. <laughs> I've, watched,
0: I've watched and been a part of IAN, so I'm familiar Lamar with Lamar has
2: made so many mistakes. But that wasn't
0: until players. Blackout, right? Like there were no, no well, mistakes. Hold on.
2: No, no, no. Before Blackout. He took away it by 15 kilometers <laughs> kilometer a second interceptor. My crow beat him 14K a second What's the greatest thing on the planet. He took that We have
0: Knight in here who actually
6: played back then. What were you saying? No, I was just saying, I think the, the kind of overarching thing that un- United players throughout the years has been the hatred towards goons, hasn't it?
2: Uh, no, because... People hate the- goons more than they hate CCP. I mean, today kids would call it a meme. It's a meme to, like, uh, okay, fuck goons, right? But at the end of the day, uh, if, if you had a choice between shooting goons and shooting CCP ships, I guarantee you all of you would go shoot CCP ships and say, okay, I'll get back to goons tomorrow. It, I think they would... Were- Honestly, I think there's a point here. There's and a I point I here. There's on. a point here. Let me ask you what's this. What's the
0: point, Night? And wait, what's the point, Night? And then Boat can answer.
6: Okay. So, just this uh, having having interacted with goons over a very quite a few years, I mean, over, I don't know how long it's been, but many years, uh, goons have always been the kind of punching bag of Eve in more ways than one. Like, it's, it was pop- always popular to hate goons, right? That was that was the goons' role, and it was embraced by goons throughout the years, you know? It was. And I and it's an important storyline in the kind of Eve mythology. You know, hating goons has been a thing that a lot of people do. And I remember, you know, just when I was in Snuffbox, we would, we would join we would uh, we would join that side because they were hated. and it was a Snuffbox thing too. But you know, it's been it's been driving a lot of conflict, and it's been uniting a lot of players and driving a lot of these wars. You know, here's an example. people people have been hating
2: goons, or they've been hating CCP. Here's an example on how I view the hate of goons. OK, and then I, I, meant, I, I know that's from a lot of like personal relationships over the years and real life meetups and stuff like that. People hate goons until they hang out with goon and then they hang out with goons either in real life or like they get to know goons and then they're like, oh, these guys are freaking cool. And then they start playing with goons. And even if they play with goons for six months or a year or whatever, they still do look at snuff. or snuff is a prime example of this. Snuff hated goons for the longest time. And then a guy named Jay Amazeness comes along, becomes really good friends with Haiwanto, and then now they became buddies. And they even lived and worked in our coalition for like about a year or so. And they, even now, they're still buddies who, I can message Hiwanto now and say, yo, let's chat have a chat, and boom, perfect. Every person that's ever flown with goons can probably say that, except for the ones that never really like got immersed into like the way goons play the game, right? So even if Delve dies tomorrow... Goons are still goons. You'll still have the same number of people still going off and doing the same things together. And I think that that's something that's very different from a lot of alliances, because a lot of alliances tend to be built around, okay, I'm going to keep my corp together and then my corp is going to go off and do something. Whereas goons, it's the whole, right? The whole stays together and bounces from place to place to place to place. And then whoever comes with us, comes with us and groups may come and go, but they'll still be with us.
4: I will I think, say, and, and, I, and I'm going to be quick because I know McLeod wants to come in too. I will say that there's one interesting anomaly there, and that's probably probably Villy, right? So Villy was in Goon Swarm for a while, right? And now he's he's not. It's weird. Uh, anyway, it's McCloud, oh,
2: please. Interesting. Can... Okay. Interesting thing about Villy. No, 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 no no, left, no, no. He told me. <clears throat> I quote: Villy said, "As he left, as he left Goons, oh, I'm just leaving to go do my own thing. I'm not really going to join any group, and I definitely don't want to shoot Goons. <clears throat> not even like a month later, he was in test to declaring war on Goons. Just saying." Oh
0: okay well he can he There's can not answer much in chat. One. mcLeod, you wanted to add before
7: we close, oh yeah, yeah, sir so, um so i just i I had two kind of issues with what was been which, what has been said in the last like fifteen minutes of the show, right um one thing Niden, you know I, I i appreciate and respect you and everything like that but like the the kind of the way that you were talking about like goon, you know like a everyone versus goons kind of thing it does you make it sound as though almost as if like goons aren't eve players we are Eve players like so you can't just you know separate goons out from you know there's goons and then there's eve players you know, we're all no, Eve players. No, I didn't players. suggest
6: that at all, like, why would I, well, that's not a lot of people you were have suggesting made that, hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. a lot of people have made, like, Eve history and made a lot of the most interesting storylines we've had in this game through being hated, I mean, snuff, snuff took that to the level that we could, you know, it was, it was a thing, and Ngunutsu were doing that forever, and a lot of other groups have been doing that, I think that's really a, an essential part of Eve, I would say that's very much Eve, I'm not calling that Like, these are not E-players at all. I'm saying this is important. Like, this is one of the reasons people log in and listen to shows like this and follow the politics and fucking write books about this shit. You know, it's important.
7: Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just saying that, like, you know, listening back to what you you were saying and how specifically how you were saying it, it definitely felt as though you were sidelining goons goons as not being E-players. If you listen to, like,
6: if let's... No, if you listen to like the Mitanni uh, and, and all the people that we're talking out of Goons, there's been, that's also been a storyline as well. So there's like the mm. rest of Eve and then there's Goons, right? It's a part of the storyline, which I think that's essential.
0: And anyway. yeah, from from, uh, from some perspective, um, we'll wrap up after this. It's, it's oh, I can't say it. Somebody said it in chat once and I picked it up because I thought it was brilliant, but Goons seem to not, we... Goons seem to say like, Hey, we're not, we're being excluded. We're not considered Eve players. Okay. But the way that we see it from the outside, not me necessarily, but the way it's seen from the outside is uh, goons hate everything. That's not goon. Like everything that's not goon is pubby. It's,
2: it's not about the hate. You're, you're not hate. It's hate the strong hate. word, but no, no. see, see goons. And that's that's what makes goons like still function after like they'll lose a region. Like right, if you watch, like for example, when Test lost Fountain that one time, right? They lost the whole region. They they split up and went their own ways, and it took a very long time for like the core group of test, like Sapporo Jones and all that, to kind of rebuild it. And actually, they became Brave first, if you remember, because they that became the next Reddit group and it sprung up and everyone went to Brave. So, test never really got rebuilt for a very long time. Whereas with goons, when goons lose a region or like move, it tends to stay goons. You don't really lose that core group that's either always with goons and never really leaves. And that's what makes goons very unique. Is that yeah, a lot of people hate that about goons because again, like I said, a lot of Eve is driven by the way CCP designed it, where corpse kind of trump everything else. And it wasn't until recently that they made alliances control this, but. Like uh, I think that um, what's his name? I hate list would say, "Is it think about the small groups? A lot of corps have that mentality of oh, my corps is all that matters, and a lot of alliances fighting against us have that, or it's their own little tribe, their own little small group. It's not the alliance as a whole. And you could disband tests tomorrow, and every single one of those corps would probably find a different alliance to join." pretty quickly, whereas a vast majority of goons, I think if you were to like take away goons and then goon core and they were to quit playing Eve, goons would just die. You wouldn't see that group like move on to the next thing. They would just all quit Eve and kind of go on to the next game. And I think that's the difference between goons and a lot of groups. It's, it's not so much that we hate everyone that's not goons, is that the core goon group will literally go play other games together. You'll have two, three hundred guys go play another game together if that game allows that many people to play together and then come back to Eve and play it couple months later and then go back to another game and that's a dynamic that i don't think a lot of alliances have
0: even Goonswarm doesn't move to other games though like I've, I've seen it not happen you know what i mean like they play a little bit in other games but it's a handful just like anybody else and then sure. uh go go to from-
3: if, if you have enough people in a community and at the end of the day when somebody in that community that is
0: an influencer of the community people will come play that game with them that's how that works it doesn't That's work it though. Eve, Eve players don't travel very well to other games. Yeah, they uh, don't other
2: uh, yeah. They're, like for example, again, it comes down they're, to
0: that we're not really like, video game players.
2: It's a
3: community. Goons are a community. If if there's people in the community playing a, another game, there are also other people that exist in that community that are in the same niche there. You play Eve, you play Well, you play Eve and right. you play Call of Duty,
0: you're gonna play together. Why not? All right. At least you had a th- something you wanted to throw in here. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to change gears a little bit. Right. Uh, I, All right. I,
4: I I do think that uh, when you're with a group for a long time, the way that boat has been, you can, you, there's probably like a, a lot of belief that, like, Hey, like, no matter what happens, we'll stick together. And the people around boat boat is a, a cult of personalities. Right. So the people around boat will always hang out with boat because they love boat. I love boat. Um, but Kind of going back a little bit, I think there are some really poignant things to be gleaned from the the journeys that Boat took us on uh, through the course of this show, uh, one of which is that, and it kind of rings true to me, that there are no, really, there aren't really no medium-sized groups anymore. There are no Black Legions. There are no uh, nomadic versions of Pandemic Legion, right, when when PL was a super nomadic group. There are no, like, skill yourselves. There, there, there are no, like, groups like that anymore. And part of the problem is that CCP kind of made it this way because it made no sense to be a small group or you had to be a, a big group or get out. And it does seem uh, through these, these changes, these austerity changes, that they're trying to to dial that back to un- unwind that that clock a bit, to restore the medium-sized groups uh, to to be able to function and to to punish the larger groups a little bit and make them not want to be there, give them other opportunities elsewhere in space. So a lot of as i mentioned before a lot of the people that are in all sec right now they're there because it was the best place to make money you're playing a video game you want to make money to get things and do stuff right yeah that like, makes sense what, yeah so that's
2: I, what i think, think about nomadic, or not yeah,
4: nomadic So I, I think removing those people Sorry. uh the the austerity measures a, a lot of the the beating isn't mentioned isn't meant to like make people leave it is meant to move them to other parts of the game uh, and stuff like that and is, if there's one thing that, that, that you learned from this episode right Uh, through this podcast is that there are very distinct versions of Eve that people play that completely oblivious to the other side. And and that part is really fascinating to me. And I hope that a lot of people, when they see this austerity stuff, instead of necessarily complaining, absolutely complain when when complaining is due. I'm not saying never complain, but I, I hope that they look around and say, Hey, what am I doing here? Uh, let me go try another area of the game. And, and you'll rediscover and, and reinvigorate a, a lot of the love that you have for Eve when you started. Like people like and when they come back, they're they're coming back and doing something in a completely new area and having, well, completely new area from what most people have uh, and, and are having a ton of fun. So I hope people like rediscover that joy. Um, I, I, like I said, there are a lot of complaints about the, the scarcity. Uh, there are a, a distinct lack of carrots but I'm hoping that the that's that's going to change, and I also hope uh,
0: p- players change their behavior a little bit. Okay, one last thing. Uh, thank you, Elise. One last
7: thing from McLeod. Then we'll close up. So just coming back to uh, to something you said, Madal. In actual fact, um, uh, and I know it's your opinion, and that's completely fine to have your your opinion, kind of thing. But like, it, it, it I did feel it was a little bit egregious. Um, Sort of saying that uh you know both sort of comments throughout the show were was basically just some kind of way of or both both comments and you know general sort of goon uh, goon media um you know as of late being basically some kind of deflection as to you know what's going on in the game and just basically you know throwing shade towards c c p specifically about this show. Like you know, this show is based on topics, and you know we're here to talk about those topics based on our you know perspective. So, so I think it's a little bit kind of harsh to basically you know rail against uh, against boat saying that uh, you know all of the convo- all of the the points being made by him are basically to sort of you know uh, deflect from them and to CCP when you know no the, that, the, I was saying you know, that about topics the topics were specifically. Show. That-
2: Another thing too is There's I really paid attention is. to like the like couple weeks ago when I we went on like full virtual only because I've been so busy with work because I ain't gonna lie if you're a teacher in this environment it is like triple the work that you're used to doing I can tell you from experience it's it's a oh, nightmare yeah.
7: my wife's but, a teacher right yeah, anyway sure.
2: dealing dealing with the, the the whole virtual thing is just like three times the work it's you would think it wouldn't be but it is it's crazy like actually teaching's easier but the other part <laughs> anyway but moving on uh the, the interesting thing about this war is there's something that's being done in this war that I haven't seen done ever and I've been doing this a long time is the way that the enemy approaches morale and and the way we approach morale. So for us okay like if you if you assume the upper end idea or the um the essential problem is that goons will lose okay so if you assume that's the top viewpoint then you take that as your lens of uh focus and then you look at the war as a whole that way you'll see if goons form up or say, okay, we're going to form up at 0200 um, and to counter, let's say, a test op at 0200. Then when goons make that broadcast, hey, we're going to form up and, you know, test has a form up, then like all the other groups and all the alliances supporting test, will then say, oh my God, goons are hyping this up. We've got to form up and fight them. And they use that as their like morale driver to bring people to the fight. So it's like kind of like a bait and switch. You'll see goons like not too interested about something, then you won't see anything. But a second somebody says, oh, hey, we're going to form up, then goons will form. And then everybody else goes, oh, my God, we've got to form up. Goons are now forming. They're hyping this. Look what they've done all day. And they'll use that as a thing. And the thing that's surprising about it in this war is that while that might have been done before, the extent of which people still believe that that's true, (laughs) the goons are like mad hyping that we've got to go fight them. And it's going to be this huge fight. uh, Day after day after day, is just unbelievable. Like when you look at hordes still pulling the numbers that they're pulling, it shocks me that they can still constantly say in like 10 or 15 pings before an op, Hey, we're going to have this huge fight. Even if there's not going to be a fight, like it used to be back in the day. If you trolled your members with this idea of, of guaranteed content, they won't come the next day. If there's no content, like the idea of, uh, Oh great. Another mm-hmm. boat paw shot. Right. But nowadays, uh, at least in the horde case, that's been thrown out the fucking window. Like I'm seeing like the pings that I see from horde. It, it is on, un- fathomable oh. how much well, they all right. let me just
0: make it clear I wasn't saying that what boat is doing is oh, diverting. Well, no but I just want to make that clear to McLeod I was saying what the what the, the, the meta show and the fireside and other stuff is seems to be doing that and I'll, I'll just end with this the idea that there are spies in your uh, corporation um, makes you crazy and you want to stamp out those uh, spies and you end up creating more spies with the way you message, and I feel like I almost feel like the Imperium. Their messaging is creating the momentum, the energy that is holding their enemy together. Uh, the The people who are involved are not just Villy. Everybody looks at Villy because he's public and he's on these shows or whatever. But Vince Draken, oh, he's got he's got an internal heat to destroy a uh, goon swarm. You look at gobbins He's on fire underneath. His uh, soul is on fire. No, if you look at uh, the, uh,
2: look at this, look at the this. The guy's
0: stuff. coming at like headliner, maybe not. But the, the guy's the coming at-,
2: at Vince. Oh, Vince. But, but look what he's done recently, right? Because uh, of okay. his like drive and fire for this war, you have a guy go have fun, right? This guy goes and has fun and is immediately kicked in bed, and then Vince goes. Anyone else want to have fun? Like what? Goons, I mean if a goon director ever did that to a, a person, menns would shoot the director in the back of the head and so say get the fuck out. Like I've never heard of someone well, being told they, they can't well,
0: have neither here nor there. The point is their anger, their anger is constantly like the messaging is creating the spies, right? Okay. That's what I was trying to say with the spy oh, thing. I'm like sorry. sometimes you have people that come in from the outside to try to destroy you, but sometimes you create your own enemies. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like maybe, I I don't know. I feel like that is something that is not really talked about much, but just how much damage the messaging is doing to the Imperium itself every day. is surprising to me that that doesn't really
6: actually get topic. Yeah. But isn't it also the thing that keeps it all together? I mean, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It has always been this way.
0: I think it tries to keep everything together, but it also keeps the enemy together. And at this point I wonder if it's doing its job. Like, I wonder if you couldn't be a more humble leader or a different type of leader for an organization that
2: is better for goons or other.
0: I don't know. It seems like it's good for goons and it's, and it's good for the enemies.
2: Here's an interesting bit. Is that, is that, okay, here's an example. Horde closed recruitment before the war started and the amount of like one day old newbie spies that you could get in the horde was very very small. But since the war's been going on, I've gotten like six characters in the horde that I'm just waiting there, to abuse a, and use.
0: A ton so, of them shooting the keep star when well, it was planted. I mean, remember?
2: Well, no, like imagine the third imposter uh, concept. It's really funny, <laughs> yeah. uh, they didn't catch number one or number two, so they may have yeah. kicked out the guy who wasn't the imposter that was pretending to be one. Uh, But but they still didn't get the real imposter.
0: Right. But those are spies coming in that don't like, those are you guys coming in. But the point is, it it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like Gobbins is creating internal.
2: Yes. Because I mean, look at that alliance that got disbanded by goons. That was a guy who just got tired of the way he was getting treated. Came to Mittens and was like, look, I have the keys to do all this stuff. Do you want to do it? And Mittens like, yeah, sure. And you can come live with goons after you're done. Like, that's a thing uh, that's a thing that I think Goons have done that, was, that other alliances haven't done.
0: There was not in Horde, that was internal record. No, not horde,
2: but, but but see Horde, okay, we had a Horde guy do that. There was a guy that stole 400 billion from Horde when Horde had like a like mining buyback program and he like yeah. stole 400 billion and turned off a whole bunch of stuff and then came and joined Goons and then hunted Horde for the next year and set up a lot of whole content. But but that
0: Yeah, I mean it happened.
2: Yeah. I think that's the thing that like Goons do that others don't do enough of there are so many disgruntled probably people in goons that don't get like sniped out as often as they should i think the last one was pittsburgh but that's because he kind of thought he was more important than he was and when he got told to stop doing things he just threw a hissy fit and left but that that tends to happen i mean the one okay here here we go you you mentioned that i know you got to go soon but there was a goon director this happened in, in the 12 years i played the game this happened once where uh a friend of mine gave me a free trip to, to Mexico and said, bring some goon friends, because he was a goon. And so I was like, okay, Mittens and all these other directors. I was like, you wanna go to Mexico for free. And we spent a week in Cancun, and all-expenses five-star resort, uh, that my uh buddy owned. And uh That was you.
0: Friend, hmm. What? You're the one that put that together. Okay.
2: Yes, I've done it twice. Um uh anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> I remember one, this. The one time we stayed in a, a five-star resort, next time we stayed in a like a little cabana with eight, nine rooms and The ocean for a view. But anyway, uh, the first time we went, I remember we were sitting around enjoying a a wonderful meal at breakfast. It was a nominate night. And this one director went fuck goons. That's the proper term for it. And he was from, I guess, Korea or something like that. I can't remember where he was from, but he uh, he he went fuck goons. And his main reason behind leaking all these logs and going fuck goons was Uh because we didn't invite him to go to Mexico. And it was like. I don't even know you dude. Like, why would I invite you? I've never even talked to you in game. And it's like, you, that's the last time I remember that happened. That was like five, six years ago now, but like, that's, that's the thing thing with goons. It's like, you just don't see that inner circle get betrayed as often as you do in other alliances. I mean, it's happened. It happened to Bob three or four times. It happens. uh, It's happened to PL. Usually the PL guys tend to return all the stuff they steal and come back uh, when they steal everything. Uh, I remember there were not, not always. I mean, yeah. There used to be this like running meme where like a guy would steal like the dread cash of like 60 dreads and like a bunch of carriers and a bunch of stuff. And he would disappear for like a couple of weeks and then he would come and give it all back because he didn't really want to leave PL. And so you have
0: things, He talked to Elise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you would have things like that happen in other alliances where like outside of PL and goons, I don't think that's ever happened where like the inner circle guys tend not to leave. Right. You still have like the same guys. And if they do leave, they only leave temporarily. Like you're like, you know, guys will leave and come back or whatever. But you just don't, see, I mean, I've never really seen that in goons where guys like, without joining goons with the intent to destroy it from the inside, um, which Limba claimed he was doing originally. Um, you just don't see that in goons.
4: Cartoon though, right?
2: Uh, cartoon was never originally like, but see, cartoon was different though. I right, here we go. You, you say cartoon. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Right, no, I know. That's a good point. <laughs> cartoon was never an essay goon. The biggest self-destruct in history book. first. He was the first CEO in Goon history to not be from SA. So he comes along. It just gets handed to it because the guy had it before. But here we go. He said to me like uh, a week or two before he stole everything, he's like, my wife once wanted me to go to Cancun because he was having his honeymoon in Cancun. He's like, Cancun,
0: again, Mexico. At the bottom
7: of it all is Mexico. Mexico.
2: Yes. he goes. He goes. And to be honest with you, I just saw $10,000 worth of space money that I could RMT and pay for my 10 grand uh, honeymoon in uh, Mexico. So that's why I robbed the goons. It had nothing to do with like being like killing goons or any virtual to goons. He just saw a trillion esque lying there, it was like, I could hey. RMT that and pay for my trip to Mexico
0: we'll just we'll just call it a war bond it was like a massive war bond that he cashed in and went to mexico okay that's all we have time for my god we went over a lot but we love boat uh we love hearing from him suetonia thanks for hanging around uh when it, oh, it, was, it was the fun. quiet times and uh, hateless you too i know you guys are subject matter experts and experts on mechanics and stuff the politics not so much uh, you're a cup of tea but uh, thanks for hanging out with us niden good to see you back uh, Elise, as always, thanks for being here. Caleb uh, actually had to get off screen, but he's still around. And McLeod for jumping in today. Thank you all. It was a big show. Uh, so I'm glad we had a lot of time with you guys. And want to say uh, thanks. We are going to be back next week with more Talking in Stations. Um, we, of course, had to take some holidays off. And that's all I got. The last thing is, if you want news every day in your mailbox in the game, m- sign up for the mail list called TIS News and uh you will get like a little newspaper every day in fact people have started to pay 4.99 uh for isk 0.99 i guess that uh when they get the paper which i think is very cute all right so thank you guys very much we will uh see you next time on talking in stations